This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. Everybody, this is Sid and Friends in the morning here on 77 WABC. Sid, though, is off today. He is in Europe, or at least on the way to Europe, spending some time with his daughter uh, for some well-deserved R&R. And uh, I am here for the first hour of the program. And then for the remaining three hours, you get uh, John Matidis, who in addition to being a very seasoned talk show host in his own right, happens to be the owner of our network. And he's going to be joined by Rita Cosby. They do a great job every night from 5 to 6 p.m. And now the two of them are going to be guiding you through the next three hours. And boy, oh boy, what a day in terms of the news. Yesterday was indeed a historic day, and um, this is the kind of day, this is the kind of news story that you're going to hearing, you're going to be hearing about for literally years, in all likelihood. Uh, the news yesterday that uh, not only has uh, Donald Trump been indicted in a felony criminal case, but that he actually was arraigned yesterday in one of the most incredible displays we've ever seen. Uh, The charges were brought by Alvin Bragg, a relatively new district attorney who largely has avoided up until now charging Trump with a crime and has done a total 180 on that. Here was Bragg yesterday describing the Trump arraignment and the charges and talking about what we can expect from here. Earlier this afternoon, Donald Trump was arraigned on a New York Supreme Court indictment returned by a Manhattan grand jury on 34 felony counts of falsifying business records in the first degree. Under New York state law, it is a felony to falsify business records with intent to defraud and an intent to conceal another crime. That is exactly what this case is about. The difficulty in talking about a story that so far the whole world has already commented on 
is that it seems like everything intelligent, everything interesting, everything funny it has been said by somebody smarter than you. And that's almost the way I do feel about this uh, Trump indictment, whether it's from a legal perspective or a political one. I feel like everything that can be said about this case has already been said. That's why I would love your help in trying to do something a little different. Uh, we're going to take your calls at 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. And if you have something interesting to say, whether it's a statement, whether it's a question, whether whatever your opinion happens to be, and you have not heard it on radio or TV in the last 48 hours, then I want to hear what you have to say. Maybe you have a question from a legal perspective, a political one, or you have a thought or whatever the case may be. But the one proviso, say whatever you want, the one proviso is please let it be something that you have not yet heard on TV or on radio before. In my view, that's the most boring thing in the world, is you take a criminal case that everyone in the world is talking about, and then you basically repeat what somebody else is saying. That's why I like to do sort of a radio historiography. Yeah, I would love for you to look at what occurred on TV, what occurred in the papers, what occurred on radio, and use this as an opportunity to say, huh, you know what I haven't heard mentioned anywhere? X, and uh, this is what I'm going to say. Uh, Donald Trump uh, last night gave a kind of subdued, uh, defiant speech, though, at Mar-a-Lago, decrying the charges and decrying the nature of uh, of where we are in America today. Here was President Trump at Mar-a-Lago. God bless you all. God bless you all. And I never thought anything like this could happen in America. Never thought it could happen. The only crime that I have committed is to fearlessly defend our nation from those who seek to destroy it. So um, let me give you my two cents on this. And I'm not going to say anything remarkable here, uh, but I'll just tell you what my view of the whole situation is. From a legal perspective, and I'm not a lawyer, but I do know the law. I have spent a lot of time observing criminal law over the years. From a legal perspective, these charges are a a joke, honestly. Uh, Having read the list of charges, one of the problems is there's no actual crime charged. It's not like you could say, oh, there's a crime charged of, let's say, bank robbery, for instance. Uh, if there's bank robbery and you're charged with robbing the bank and then uh, people say, well, no, I didn't rob this bank. It's not me. There's at least a crime charge. There's no actual crime charge. If a crime is committed when the defendant acts to conceal another crime, the question is, what is the underlying crime that has been committed? There is literally no underlying crime even referenced. Furthermore, uh, President Trump has not been charged or convicted of any underlying crime. 
And uh, this is absolutely a joke. And then it's even more of a joke from a legal perspective when you look at what's going on in Manhattan in terms of the existing DA's office. And I'm not one of these guys that just likes to pick on Alvin Bragg for uh, for picking on Alvin Bragg. But if you look at what his office is actually doing, there is case after case of real crimes that this office is not even bringing charges about. I mean, this is an office that is taking a guy that is viciously beating his two-year-old, for example, in a horrible instance of child abuse, and they're not even charging that guy with a felony. They're seeking a misdemeanor charge against that guy. That's what's going on in Manhattan as uh, as we know it. And it's just such a shame. Now, politically... The question from my perspective is a little bit different. Uh, and I'd love to hear your take on it as well. 800-848-9222. As far as I can tell, this absolutely helps Donald Trump in a Republican primary. I think it makes it very difficult for any of his other adversaries to get any traction. I mean, if Trump is on TV um, 24 hours a day, which we're, we're right back into again, it's like 2016 all over again. How does DeSantis, how does Asa Hutchinson, how does Nikki Haley, how do they get their, Mike Pence, Mike Pompeo, how do they get their ideas out there? How do they have people know who they are if Trump is dominating the uh, the media coverage 24-7? Additionally, though, I am not convinced that this is a political net winner for him for the general election. I think you might have some people who are independents or kind of conservative Democrats that say, all right, well, uh, I don't really want to um, vote for a guy that's indicted in one or more jurisdictions. So that's kind of where I come down on this. Tell me where you come down, or if you have questions about it, something that you're genuinely curious about that you have not heard asked anywhere else, I would love to hear what you have to say. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Let me begin with Jose in North Bergen. Hello, Jose. Jose. How are you, Frank? Can you hear me? I hear you, brother. What's going on? Not much, Frank. I'd like to just comment on what you were just speaking of. Uh, I'm a lifetime uh, Republican that has never uh, liked Trump very much. As a matter of fact, to my regret, I did not vote the last election because I didn't like either party, either uh, uh, candidate. I will say this. After what is going on now, I will 100% vote for Donald Trump in a general election. I think that the Democrats have made it clear what they have left their party into, and that is a socialist piece of garbage party that does things in horrible ways. What they're doing has gotten my vote. It has made a difference. You know, uh, Jose... Thank you for this. I'm not that surprised to hear that. I had a friend over yesterday. He was a Republican... But uh, I don't want to say who he is because he was an elected official. And we're watching all this coverage. And he basically, this is not a Trump fan. And he said to me, um, I, I really, I'm not the biggest Trump fan, but this makes me want to vote for him more. 
I know that's the case with right-leaning voters. I'm not sure if that's the case when it comes to Democrats and independents. That's what I'm saying. I think it helps in the primary. I'm not as convinced it helps in the general election. But um, we'll see where it goes. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. And by the way, um, this is the first of several indictments that Trump could be facing. So I think this is the weakest of all the potential cases that he's facing. If you look at the other potential investigations, I think those actually might have a little bit of meat on the bone. This, I think, from a legal perspective, is total nonsense. Total nonsense. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Kevin is on Long Island. Hello there, Kevin. How you doing there? Uh, you know, I guess what I have to say is I don't know where why there's no pressure on Hochul to remove uh, Alvin Bragg. You know, she has the power to do that. It doesn't have to be about Trump. Uh, it can be purely on the crime that he's not enforcing. Um, and and I think that I think you guys, everyone on the radio, needs to get out there and start putting pressure on Hochul to remove Alvin Bragg well, based on his, his his incompetence. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Look. Um, couple of things here. Uh, I didn't vote for Alvin Bragg, would never vote for him. I'll tell you this, couple of things. If Alvin Bragg ran for re-election today rather than two years from now, he would be re-elected overwhelmingly in Manhattan. And uh, I, again, I wouldn't vote for him, but that's the case. Additionally, um, Hochul is never going to remove Alvin Bragg. Uh, one, because this is actually something that a lot of Manhattan Democrats uh, and the kind of people that vote in Democratic primaries want to happen. They're eager to have Trump charged. And Hochul is not going to take something that is very popular with uh, a constituency that's very important to both her and Bragg and remove him. Uh, additionally, there has never been a district attorney removed by the governor in the history of the state of New York. It has never happened. It's come close a couple of times. Um, Hochul is not going to become the first governor in the history of the state of New York to remove a DA. She's not going to do it, especially one that was uh, overwhelmingly elected with 80-something percent of the vote and who happens to be the first black DA in the history of Manhattan. It's just never going to happen. The um, the uh, black community would just go apoplectic. So it's not going to happen. So put that out of your brain. And my view is, look, um the people responsible for this, to some extent, are the voters. And if you're not happy with what the voters are doing, maybe you go looking for another candidate come 2025. The solution to voters making poor decisions is not to have the governor or the Supreme Court or anybody rescue you from your horrible decision. No, it's to have the voters make smarter uh, decisions. 800-848-9222. Uh, we will continue with your calls in a moment, but I would keep in mind, I would love to hear something that is unique, that is sui generis, that you have not heard in terms of a question or a statement on any other radio and TV outlet. And um, there was a an explosive election in Chicago yesterday. I'll tell you what happened and give you my take on that. 
and a bunch of other things uh, to get to. Uh, Lou Rafino is here. Justin Ellick is here. I'm Frank Moreno in for Sid Rosenberg here until 7 a.m. on 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Straight ahead. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sid and Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. I'll be here today and tomorrow in the first hour of the program. If you want to be heard on Twitter, if you want to follow me, uh, you can do so at Frank Morano. That's Frank M-O-R-A-N-O. Uh, we're taking your calls on uh, the Trump situation and a wide variety of other subjects in the news at 800-848-9222. couple of quick things. One, on the uh, Trump situation, one issue that has not gotten very much uh, media attention since yesterday is that former Trump did actually secure a big legal victory against Stormy Daniels yesterday, having nothing to do with what happened in Manhattan yesterday. But in connection to this whole hush money payment made to this adult film star uh, seven years ago, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals yesterday ordered Stormy Daniels to pay Trump $121,972 in legal fees stemming from a 2018 defamation suit that uh, she filed against him that was later dismissed. So that's nice. Not a, not totally a bad day for this. And the uh, the other thing, and I think Sid alluded to this yesterday, is I do wonder if the fact that Trump got a new lawyer in advance of that arraignment yesterday when Joe Tacopina has been all over the place on radio and on TV. I wonder if that's a little bit of a brushback pitch towards Tacopina, if it's a little bit of a, a way that uh, – because, remember, Trump has been all over TV saying that this judge is biased. He's an anti-Trump judge and so on and so forth. 
And Takapina said the exact opposite. So by bringing in another high-profile lawyer to be sort of front and center when uh, Takapina has done really everything that Trump has asked so far, I do wonder if that's Trump saying, oh, yeah, okay, you don't agree with my analysis of the judge? Well, I'm going to bring in somebody that will do what I say. Uh, So that's interesting. I'll tell you, though, in terms of crime in New York State, real crimes, not this non-existent crime, which I don't even think is within the realm of the statute of limitations. In terms of crime in New York State, there is a battle going on right now that is going to shape the next year, the next two years, potentially more than that, about crime in New York State. And that is the battle over uh, New York State's budget. New York is the one place in the world where the budget is not the budget. What do we mean by that? Well, there is information on spending and taxes in the budget. But in New York, and this is going back the last 17, 18 years now that they've done this, they put every single policy issue in the budget that you can imagine. They use it as a one-size-fits-all approach to putting anything in there. And that could include changes about mugshots. That could include renaming bridges. That can include absolutely anything. And right now, uh, Governor Kathy Hochul is at loggerheads with the state legislature over issue after issue. And one of those issues is cashless bail. Governor Hochul has refused to go along with what the state legislature wants to do on the budget, and they missed the April 1st budget deadline, and they're going to, uh, they've signed a temporary extender to go to April 10th uh, to make sure that the government doesn't shut down. But Hochul is trying to essentially dial back bail reform, which got passed as part of the budget to begin with, and the state legislature is saying, oh, no, you don't. But there's so many more areas than that. The state legislature is trying to raise taxes on the highest income New Yorkers there are. And Governor Hochul is not prepared to go along with that. There's a big uh, there's a big dispute over the charter school issue. So um, I'm betting uh, a lot of you never thought that you'd be rooting so hard for Governor Hochul. But I am very much rooting for her in this budget situation right now. The other election that got a lot of attention yesterday is what happened in Chicago. The mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, has been um, replaced. And the way they do it in Chicago, there's one aspect of their elections that I really like, and then there's another aspect that I'm not that crazy about. I love that the election is nonpartisan. I love that any Democrat could vote, any Republican, and any Independent. I don't love this uh, top-two runoff system, but okay, I can I can deal with it. And the question that was decided yesterday is who would replace Lori Lightfoot as the new mayor of Chicago? Would it be sort of centrist Democrat Paul Vallis, who was running very much on a law and order platform? Or would it be a progressive, ultra progressive Democrat Brandon Johnson? And I'll tell you what my prediction was. My prediction was that Johnson was going to win. And I take no pride in this, but there were seven, there were multiple black candidates. I think there were five or six black candidates. And Vallis finished first in the first round. And my thinking was, okay, I think what you're going to see is all the black voters coalescing around one, one, the remaining black candidate. And you're going to see all the far left voters coalescing among the remaining far left candidates. Sure enough, 
That is precisely what occurred as uh, progressive Democrat and Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson was elected yesterday as mayor of Chicago. A very tight race, but uh, Brandon Johnson uh, pulled out ahead. He was Brandon Johnson last night. Chicago, how the heck are you? <laughs> you know, they said this would never happen. So, you know, if they didn't know, now they know. <laughs> First, I want to make sure that I say this to the Chicagoans who did not vote for me. Here's what I want you to know, that I care about you, I value you, and I want to hear from you. I want to work with you, and I'll be the mayor for you, too. So there we are. Uh, the the key takeaway here is absolutely nothing is going to change in Chicago. I hope I'm wrong, but uh, I think it's going to be the same old, same old. I see very little reason to be optimistic about uh, dealing with street crime in Chicago, which is a very serious issue, and I don't see anything changing uh, based on what we've seen over the course of the last four years. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm pleasantly surprised, but... Uh, I don't think it's uh, looking good. It's getting late early, as Yogi Berra would say, or uh, the ship be sinking, as Sugar Ray Richardson used to say. 800-848-9222. Let me say hello to, uh, let's see here. Um, Steve is in New Jersey. Hello there, Steve. What's on your mind? Hey, good morning, Frank. Morning. Uh, nice to hear you this morning. Thank you. Um, Frank, from um, everything that I've read about the indictment and the charges, the charges state that um, it's a um, falsifying um, uh, business documents, records. business records in order to defraud or to, to cover up a previous crime. And from what I've read and what I'm looking into, Bragg is going to try to prove that Trump defrauded the American people in order to become president by falsifying those business records. So he's going to go down that route of the defraud route, not so much the previous crime route. That, well, I could be wrong, from, but, but go ahead. Yeah, no, no, you're exactly right, based on what we know. Um, so if you read the indictment, um, and people can read it, it's available online, you're exactly right. And there's a, a, a few fundamental problems in exactly what we uh, what you just described and what essentially Bragg is saying. The first is they're alleging that this was an attempt to um, uh, commit a crime to influence an election and to deceive the public. Well, this supposed crime, meaning the uh, reimbursement of Michael Cohen for these hush money payments and there's other um, other hush money payments that are part of this indictment as well. That payment took place after the election. So the election could not have been influenced in 2016 because the payment took place afterwards. Second, um, the, and uh, thanks for the call, Steve. Second, when you talk about falsifying documents, I could see where you were coming from if there was a document that was inaccurate or that was a lie that was filed with the Federal Elections Commission or with the IRS or with an insurance company or something along those lines. But there was nothing filed anywhere. 
they're, the documents, the records that they're alleged to have falsified, they never left Trump Tower. They were never filed with anyone. You see, it's one thing if you say your house is worth a million dollars when in actuality your house is worth $700,000 and then you file those fraudulent documents with an insurance company. That's, you can understand, the big issue here. But this document, this supposed false document, stayed in a ledger at Trump Tower the whole time. It was never filed with anyone. Additionally, the closest precedent, and brighter people than me have said this, and that's why I don't like to be repetitive, but the closest precedent for this is what we saw with John Edwards, and that case did not end up in a felony conviction. Every prosecutor has prosecutorial discretion, and this is a very poor use of prosecutorial discretion. Essentially, this is a state prosecutor trying to bring a federal crime, a crime, by the way, uh, air quotes, that the federal justice department chose not to bring. So, and I think it gives you an idea of how weak this is. Even the New York Times has referred to this as an incredibly weak novel legal theory. Of all the cases, of all the criminal charges that Trump is facing, this is by far the weakest. And you know what? Those of you that want to see Trump hang, this is not going to help because what this could do is uh, if Trump's indicted in, say, Georgia or as part of the documents case, he could say, well, you know, I'd love to comply with uh, this investigation and that subpoena and this and that. But right now uh, I'm under indictment in Manhattan and that is going to take precedent. And this is going to dominate um, what what's happening in this case for the next eight months, because they're not going to be doing court again until December. All right, uh, traffic with the lovely and talented Lori Blanchard is up next. But now it's time for the Tunnel to Towers update. Frank Siller is going to tell us how the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is honoring a group of Gold Star families today. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. I love them, too. Uh, So today, April 5th, is Gold Star Spouses Day, a day dedicated to honoring the women and men whose spouses gave up their lives while serving our country. Said you know that when a brave hero signs up to serve, their whole family serves alongside them. That's why we are honored to announce that we are providing mortgage-free homes to five Gold Star families. The families of fallen Marine Corps Captain John Jeremy, he's from California, Army Sergeant First Class Omar Ford, Georgia, Army Sergeant LaDavid Johnson in Florida, Marine Corps Lance Corporal Dennis Vietter in Pennsylvania, and Navy Lieutenant Paul Friedley in Virginia. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation's Gold Star Home Program honors the legacy of families like these five by paying off their mortgages or providing them and their spouses. If they don't own a home, we're going to build them a, a mortgage-free home. So we're so proud of the work we're doing, and we're blessed to have supporters like you, Sid, and your right. listeners at 77WABC who make this work possible. So please visit T2T.org to help. Well, you can understand where Frank Siller is coming from, who's a great guy and does the Lord's work, and I've known him a long time. But uh, you can understand, Sid and I are frequently mistaken for one another. He's about eight inches taller than I am. Uh, I'm about uh, 25 to 30 pounds overweight in terms of fat. He has a physique that looks like it is chiseled out of pure steroids. He has a tan which would qualify him for the um, Congressional Black Caucus. 
I uh, can easily be confused at times for uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost. And uh, Sid has not had hair on his scalp uh, for at least the last quarter century, whereas uh, my hair grows like a Brillo pad slash Chia pad. So you can understand where he's coming from, why he would confuse um, Sid and Frank. Well, in all seriousness, though, we do ask you to donate $11 a month for American Heroes at uh, T2T.org. Keep listening every Wednesday for the weekly Tunnel to Towers update. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Boy, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. In the morning, I'm Frank Morano, uh, normally the host of uh, The Other Side of Midnight, which you can hear every morning from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. So if you're ever suffering from insomnia, hopefully I can do my best to help put you to sleep. And uh, if you ever can't listen from 1 to 5 a.m., you could check out our podcast at uh, wabcradio.com or just search The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano on any podcast app. If you hit the subscribe button, you automatically get the podcast downloaded to your phone each and every Day And so we'd certainly appreciate you sampling the show if you haven't tried it yet. A lot going on. We're going to get back to your phone calls in a moment. Uh, I'll tell you, I am a long-suffering Mets fan. And in looking at the last few Mets seasons, we finally have some reason to be optimistic with our new ownership, Steve Cohen. Because it looked like the Mets were finally willing to make the sort of investments necessary in talent, in uh, maintaining existing talent and acquiring new talent. And look, sure, uh, we lost uh, one or two key folks over the off season, but uh, we we really did tremendously well in terms of new acquisition. And I came, thought we were coming out of that first season or that first series against the Marlins thinking we're in a very good position, taking, I think it was three out of four against the Marlins. And then the next day, all right, well, we lose 10 nothing to the Brewers. Okay, all right, it can happen. Any given baseball game, anything can happen. And last night, the Mets lost 9 to nothing. I mean, what's going on? As a Mets fan, you see this and you think, oh, my goodness. 
we're poised for trauma already. Hey, uh, speaking of trauma, usually you, you always get a little nervous when you have multiple bosses coming in the room at the same time. But that's not the case this morning because one of them is doubling as uh, Sid Rosenberg's double. Uh, Chad Lopez and John Katsimatidis, best-selling author, the uh, the author of the book, how Far Do You Want to Go? Lessons from a Common Sense Billionaire, which is actually now on the Wall Street Journal uh, bestseller list, has uh, walked into the studio. Uh, John, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. We're up. It's early. We're up. And uh, uh, I understand we're going to play the funeral uh, march later. Oh, uh, for Chicago? For Chicago. <laughs> Chicago is dying. And, you know, there's a new mayor in Chicago. And I understand he might he might be worse. I'm praying for the other way, but he might be worse than the previous man. Uh, let's hope not. It's uh, as Yogi Berra would say, it's it's getting late early. Uh, am I right? Uh, hey, uh, can you give us a preview of what uh, you and Rita are going to be focused on over the next well, few hours? Today is the morning after. Uh, the morning after uh, possible big division. In America, um, a very big division. Uh, there are people that uh, are afraid there's a, a double set of justice in our country. And I, you know, I pray for our country. I pray for, I pray for our country every day. And, you know, I was a Democrat. I was a Bill Clinton Democrat. Yeah, no, unless someone... You know, I still love the guy. Uh, unless someone think you're a, a right-wing ideologue, no, you're kind I'm of not, a, a straight shooter. I believe in extremism in any direction, extremism on the left or extremism on the right. They're both wrong. Uh, I mo- mean, that woman from Georgia wanted to come on my show yesterday, and we already had Roger Stone, so I figured, why do I need her for? Oh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't, I don't even want to know her yeah. name. But, uh, <laughs> look, I try to be equal rights for everybody. And uh, <laughs> and I'm disappointed uh, in what happened in New York yesterday. I know Alvin Bragg. Uh, he lives a few blocks away from the Police Athletic League Center uh, on uh, in Manhattan. And he comes to the, uh, uh, the holiday parties, Christmas parties for the kids. And I, I just, I, I don't understand what's happening in our country. Uh, on the brag front. By the way, we also have another, uh, our president of WABC here, uh, Chad Lopez. Good morning, Chad. Good morning. And he woke up early, too. <laughs> oh, he's a Navy and, guy. He's uh, used to getting He's up a early. Navy guy. And uh, Chad, you know, I, uh, I, I am really concerned what's happening to our country. Uh, you know, we had Roger Stone on, on my show a couple of days mm-hmm. ago. And he got a gag order for 16 months, went into solitary confinement. The, 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 uh, the FBI goon squad. Mm-hmm. I got to call him that because it was a special team from yeah. Washington. It wasn't the normal Miami, uh, FBI. Right. They went down there and were, Frank, you know the story. Sure. Roger's a, uh, a close a, friend a, of mine close for over of 20 years. And they had, the guy doesn't have a passport. He never owned a gun uh, or whatever, and they brought in 
20 or 30 FBI right. people. It was like and the were... FBI people brought CNN with them. No, it was, right. it was like they were taking I down mean, El Chapo. Is, you can't make this up. And they had uh, scuba divers in the river or something, or they... Tell us about tell you tell us. Uh, no, I mean the uh, the takedown of Roger Stone. I think it was very telling that that was a whole show of of force and the treatment that he got uh, in terms of restrictions on free speech was really uh, not really befitting a crime of lying to Congress. They took him down as if he was uh, as if he was El Chapo. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll continue with John Katzmatidis. Chad Lopez is here. We'll try and squeeze in some of your calls and, and as Rita well. Cosby. Is on deck. She's in route. It's going to be the, well, I guess, uh, Cos- Cats and Cosby show taking over the Sid and Friends show. Good thing you got here first. That means your your name goes first in the Cats and Cosby duo, right? All right, 800-848-9222. This is Sid and Friends in the morning. John Katsimatidis is here. Rita Cosby is in route. Chad Lopez is here. Straight ahead. is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your sports update on 77 WABC. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are America's best built boilers. Not a good night for local teams on the diamond. As both the Mets and Yankees failed to show up last night, the Mets got shut out once again in Milwaukee, this time to the tune of a 9 to nothing shellacking other than sloppy bookends, yielding two runs in the first and three runs in the sixth. Max Scherzer wasn't terrible for New York, but another night of virtually no offense and an incompetent bullpen proved costly for the Mets once again. They'll try and salvage the finale of the three-game set this afternoon with lefty David Peterson set to go up against Milwaukee's Corbin Burns. First pitch is set for 1.40 p.m. Eastern time. As for the Yankees, they fell flat as well in the Bronx, losing 4-1 to to the Philadelphia Phillies and handing the defending National League champs their first win of the season. DJ LeMahieu was responsible for the lone bomber tally, sending a uh, solo shot into the right center field bullpen in the ninth inning before the Yanks fizzled on out. Domingo Herman was just fine on the bump for New York, but not good enough, allowing four earned runs over four hits and four and a third innings pitched. They'll send the ace and Garrett Cole out there this afternoon to try and take the rubber game of the three-game set with Philly. He'll be going up against Aaron Nola for a 105 p.m. first pitch. On the hardwood, the Nets lost 107-102 to the Minnesota Timberwolves at home. Spencer Dinwiddie led the contest in scoring with his 30 points, while Mikael Bridges clocked out with 24 and route to the loss with the Miami Heat winning in Detroit last night as well. Brooklyn's lead over Miami for the number six seed in the Eastern Conference was cut to just one game. They'll try and re- Bound tonight in aforementioned Detroit at 7 p.m. when they're set to tip it off with the Pistons. As for the Knicks, they'll be back on the court tonight at 7 p.m. in Indiana against the Pacers. And finally on the ice, the Devils skated to a dominating 5-1 win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Dawson Mercer was a clear-cut star of the game with his first career hat trick, while Vitek Banachek shut down the Pens with his 22 saves between the pipes. The win for the Devs also knocks Pittsburgh out of a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference with just four games left in the regular season. Ice hockey action tonight to look forward to the Rangers back on the ice welcoming in the Tampa. Bay Lightning at the Garden for a 7.30 p.m. puck drop. Here is sports. I'm Justin Ellick, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are the world's best built boilers at your sports on 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
This is Sid and Friends in the morning, a couple minutes before 7 o'clock. Uh, Rita Cosby and John Katzmatidis about to take you the rest of the way. Uh, Frank Morano here with John Katzmatidis in the meantime. And one of the things I think you'll find over the next three hours and the rest of the week is this really is the station, this really is the show that helps people separate fact from fiction. In the era of fake news, deep fakes with AI, uh, artificial intelligence, it becomes difficult for folks to know what's real. So we try to give you all the perspectives, every political perspective, every time a type of expertise that you can imagine, and uh, you're going to find facts on this radio station, certainly for the next three hours. It's not going to be right-wing facts or left-wing facts, but um, facts, uh, period. Uh, John, I know uh, you and Rita are going to get into a wide variety of issues. One of the things that maybe we could uh, chat about a little later or even tomorrow is the news that Ford is taking AM radio not just out of its electric cars, but out of its gas-powered vehicles as well. You've been leading the fight to save AM radio. Well, I I don't know why Ford is going to do it, but I'll tell you, if Ford executes on that, uh, we have a lot of company cars in uh, in a lot of companies. Guess what? No, I will issue the order, no more Fords. If Ford does not respect the AM radio, which is part of FEMA, it is part of uh, the uh, national, uh, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, yeah, the na- uh, emergency, broadcast system. emergency broadcasting system, then who are they? Uh, Who the hell, the hell is Ford? It's, 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 I mean, Henry Ford is going to be rolling over on his grave. <laughs> it's so true. You know, I mean, you know, they're either going to be Americans or they're not Americans. Amen. So if, if they're going to be taken over by the woke culture, I'm not buying any more Fords. By the way, if people are interested in joining our fight to preserve AM radio, go to WABCradio.com. We've got a petition on there. All the information is on there. John Katzmatidis and Rita Cosby taking you the rest of the way. i got to go move my car. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning here on 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Seventy-seven WABC. Well, we have a funeral today. And who are we burying? Well, Rita? first, I think this we're burying justice this in a the, lot of ways. The, <laughs> this is the Katz and Cosby show, taking over for the Sid and Friends show, at least for today. At least we have a rock'em, sock'em next three hours, everybody. This is Rita Cosby with the great John Katz and Matides. And first, I do think justice has died after the Trump arraignment yesterday. We're going to get to that in a minute, John. But first, we have a funeral. Yes, we do. Chicago is dying. Chicago is dead. Uh, you know what? I couldn't believe this, John. I was on last night, and I thought it was one of those moments I couldn't believe the results. They picked somebody to the left of Lori Lightfoot to be their new mayor. Does that mean more crime? Does that mean more young black and, and brown kids dying in Chicago more than ever before? Let's hope not. But you know what? I am angry. You know what? I am furious this morning. They had a choice. 
And Lori Lightfoot didn't make it to the runoff. So then they had the final race last night. It was, of course, Brandon Johnson and Paul Vallis. You and I interviewed Paul Vallis. He was supported by the police union. He was very much a pro-law and order guy, a Democrat, but a moderate Democrat. This was a, a, a Democratic uh, primary, so it's not a, nothing to do with Democrats and Republicans. There's two Democrats, one for law and order and one for unlawful and disorder. That's a very nice way to put it this morning, John Katsimatidis. By the way, he called for defunding the police. This is a guy who outright said there should be no police, basically, in Chicago. And what does Chicago do when they have a choice, John Katsimatidis? Skyrocketing crime. They got so many problems. And what happens? They pick someone to the left of Lori Lightfoot, who actually is is more. He was the head of the... A teacher's union or something? Or t- he was a teacher? And he had supported the teacher's union big and time. And I understand uh, that the teacher's uh, union gave him a million dollars. Yeah. I. Uh, by the way, I think they gave a million dollars after Paul Vallis was on our show. Do you remember that, John? It was the day after. <laughs> yes. Isn't that interesting? That's how influential WABC is because we had Paul Vallis on. You're saying WABC cost his loss? I, no, I'm saying WABC is the place to listen to. And that's why everybody here, this is Rita Cosby with the great John Katzmatis. We're going to be taking you through the next three hours. And we have hours. an assistant. We have a couple Chad, assistants. Chad Lopez has come in. A He's military the president guy. He's the here president to protect of WABC, us. Ex-Navy man and, uh, uh, you know, a person that loves our country. That's what right. say you about it, Chicago? But That's right. I'm here to check the facts this morning, and he did get a million dollars after he was in here. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> See, a Navy guy never lies. Well, I had, uh, I, you know, I was talking to Randy Weingarten that same night. Yeah, and and Randy Weingarten realizes I was supporting Vallis. She gave him a million dollars the next morning. Yeah. Isn't, and by the way, John, remember, she didn't like that I said right away to Paul Vallis, uh, your opponent has called for defunding the police. And she took dispute with that, but he has said it over and over and over again. It's a fact. And how sad, Chad Lopez, that yeah. that is the new mayor coming in soon. Very sad. Soon really Chicago sad. at a time it's where sad. crime is skyrocketing. And and. So we don't have funeral music playing for New York City, New York State. Uh, Governor Hochul seems like, and she's a tough Irish girl, seems like she's putting her foot down uh, with the state assembly and the state uh, uh, senate. And I pray she she toughens it out uh, because we need law and order in New York City, New York State. I mean, Eric Adams wants law and order in New York City, New York State. He absolutely does. And I'm happy that she so far has been holding the line, but she's got to really hold the line, John, especially after what happened with Judge LaSalle. Uh, there's a lot of people questioning sort of her leadership. So there's a lot on the line, obviously her leadership, but most importantly, the safety of New York City, John. And I yes. understand because they, she has a new list of judges she can pick from. Yep. And there's no uh, Hispanics on it, no Latinos on it. Isn't that well, sad? I, I, let's turn to the guy with the, na- with the name of Lopez. <laughs> yeah, is that stereotyping? <laughs> there's no stereotyping here. Chad, it's a fact. Chad Lopez. <laughs> By the way, it's another fact. Okay. That's another, he's, our, he's our fact checker this morning. You know, the, the Latinos are getting screwed in New York City, New York State. And the Latinos that are there don't have the courage to stand up for the rest of the Latinos. Why not? I agree. uh, Because, you know, Latinos, 
it, they it, you, it's both sides, right, of the aisle. It's it's morals, it's family, all that stuff. That's what the Latino community is built on. And I think they're confused right now, and it's a shame that they don't have a good representation right now well, in New York. And, by the way, one of the big issues, of course, we're going to be talking with you all morning. Uh, and I was here live uh, with the coverage when Trump was speaking last night, blasting Alvin Bragg. Yeah. Because here's a guy who, of course, hasn't seen a felony almost that he doesn't want to reduce to a misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. In fact, mm-hmm. in New York, uh, New York City, 52% of the felonies have been reduced to misdemeanors under him. And yet, yesterday, somehow he bumped up what was not even really a misdemeanor to a felony. Mm-hmm. Um, and I contend that guy should be focused on crime in New York. And, and how much money was spent yesterday? Yeah, just with, I, with I would the, love to it. know the price tag. Right. That's a great point, Chad Lopez. How much money was spent with a security money, just yesterday, John? A lot of money John? was spent. And, uh, look, I, I know Alvin Bragg. Um, He's a very, very smart person. Uh, we had him at the WABC studios mm-hmm. when we did the debate yep. uh, with the DA's debate at those times. And I don't understand. You know, I, he came to the Police Athletic League uh, Christmas party, and I said to him, look at those kids in the corner there. And, you know, the, the black and brown kids of Harlem, those are the kids that are going to get hurt if we don't put away the violent criminals. All right. Yeah, right. and he needs to do that. You know, the problem is, John, during our debate, which I'm, got I'm tons not of attention. For much. Put away the violent criminals. Right. And they're the repeat ones, too, yeah, John, as the you know. violent criminals. They know who they are. It's the same ones over and over again. And how many times after, like, the 20th, 30th, 40th arrest, you would say, wait a minute, maybe that person is a mm-hmm. threat to society. And yet, yesterday... All eyes, and to your point, Chad, the millions of dollars that it had to have cost New York City just for yesterday, the security, all the preparations uh, to go after President Trump. And, you know, one of the lines, John, I couldn't believe it last night. Uh, we were talking about it. And, of course, I did a great blockbuster hour. I had Bill O'Reilly. How lucky was I to have Bill O'Reilly, who's going to be joining us this morning at 9.05. Wow. Yeah, Bill got, O'Reilly's coming out at 9 o'clock? We have a blockbuster morning. And Bill had some amazing perspectives. He joined me for the hour uh, right after Trump spoke at Mar-a-Lago. And Trump made the point. Wait a minute. Look at all the money that could be spent to be cleaning up New York streets, that could be protecting New York. Give the money to our veterans. Give it to our homeless. Don't spend all this unnecessary money with going after what looks like clearly an inflated crime. Here's here's Alvin Breck. He didn't even list the crime yesterday in his press conference. And Bill O'Reilly actually made a very powerful statement, John. And I'm going to ask him to talk about it with us this morning uh, when he joins us in about two hours. He actually said, he said, Alvin Bragg, he believes, is responsible for hundreds of deaths. He said, Rita, I am furious at how much he has let the criminals go in New York City, and now he's spending time on Trump. It was a really powerful statement, and I think it just speaks volumes of the sentiment that so many people see and the hypocrisy mm-hmm. that's going on in New York. What do you think, John, just about, I mean, our streets? I, look, I- I've been with uh, Mr. Morgenthau trained me in the police athletic league. And for 40 years, I've been working with the police athletic league. And I worry about the black and brown kids of the inner cities. And I want, I want uh, all our DAs to worry about the black and brown kids. I mean, in Chicago, those kids are dying at records. These kids are never going to have something to, to, to wake up to or to grow up in. And, 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 the people that are pushing, 
They're still funding the police. Who are they? Yeah, who are they? And what is amazing is that now they have a to-the-left new mayor in Chicago that will be taking over after Lori Lightfoot. I mean, that's an amazing, after all of the crime and all the problems we've seen, and, John, all the businesses. I mean, you think about all the different businesses that are in Chicago, and it's happening in New York, too, where businesses, they don't want to operate in a climate where there is so much crime. They're driving them out, as you know. You know the numbers that we've talked to on our show on Cats and Cosby. You know, 484,000 New Yorkers have left in the last 24 months. If they raise the budget higher, who's going to pay those taxes? Because, the Rita, the people that have left are the ones that were paying the taxes. Right, right. They can afford to leave. Yeah. They are driving them out the city in droves. And, and the other thing is uh, we had the people on from the business council. I understand we're making it harder and harder on businesses to stay in New York. Now, if they leave too, what are we going to have left? We're going to have downtown Detroit? Right. And how much worse can it get? And then yet we have a D.A. uh, for, you know, all the things you just said. We have a D.A. now who is clearly intent on getting Trump. I mean, he campaigned on it. The one thing I can say about Alvin Bragg is he kept to his campaign promises because he campaigned on it over and over and over again. And, uh, John, I also want to get your take. I haven't heard your thoughts, John, about Trump last night. I want to play if I could. This is cut number one. And this is President Trump last night, and he basically said American justice is on the line and that the D.A. is not coming for him. The D.A. is basically coming for all of his supporters and American justice. Take a listen. God bless you all. God bless you all. And I never thought anything like this could happen in America. Never thought it could happen. The only crime that I have committed is to fearlessly defend our nation from those who seek to destroy it. And, John, what is your reaction, by the way, to that? He just basically came out swinging. He went after the integrity of Bragg. He went after also the Georgia prosecutor, uh, also the special prosecutor, the special counsel, Jack Smith. I know a lot of my friends were not going to support uh, President Trump this time around, and not because he didn't do a good job. I think he did a great job uh, in a lot of respects, but because of the way he he treated other people, and people were upset. Uh, but uh, because of all the things going on, and that uh, the United States of America is, is at stake, law and order is at stake, uh, Uh, I think a lot of them are going to turn to uh, President Trump. And guess what? Uh, Last night, Lara Trump was saying $10 million have been raised since the indictment to President Trump. That's an astounding amount of money. One quarter of them, new donors, who are people who didn't even like Trump in the past and now are donating to the rally around them. Law and order. Yep. That's at stake. Uh, uh, We have to protect America. You know, justice for all. I mean, it doesn't seem like justice for all works anymore. Yeah, and boy, that is the priority. Um, John, uh, we're going to go to a break. We've got Nicole Maliotakis coming up to get her reaction. A real New Yorker. And a spitfire. Everybody, stay tuned. A blockbuster morning here. 
Rita Cosby and the great John Katz and the TDs here on Sid and Friends. We're going to be with you. We also have a former Trump attorney. We got Peter King, Ricky Kleiman, the great Bill O'Reilly, and also former Senator Al D'Amato. You want to stay tuned. A blockbuster morning as we're filling in for Sid. Is sit in friends in the morning. Seventy-seven WABC. Listening to Sid and Friends in the Morning. This is Rita Cosby filling in and also wishing you all a happy Passover. By the way, Sid is on his way to Europe, the lucky guy, uh, going over there, spending some beautiful time with his daughter. And this is Rita Cosby taking you through the next three hours with the great John Katsimatidis, of course, the owner and operator of 77 WABC, and my awesome co-host on Cats and Cosby. And, boy, this morning we have an action-packed show. Nicole Maliotak is coming up in one second. Also, former Trump impeachment attorney uh, David Schoen is going to be joining us for a rare interview. Also, Ricky Kleiman, great legal analyst. Peter King, former congressman. Bill O'Reilly is on deck. And also, former Senator Al D'Amato as we take you through the next two hours plus here on 77 WABC. And, uh, John, let's get right to it. We've got Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis joining us. Great to have you here, Congresswoman. i got to get your take. I was listening live last night to President Trump, Mar-a-Lago. There he was coming out swinging, uh, but also had an element of, I think, just a little bit of uh, he was short. He was crisp. Um, he was respectful of the legal process, but certainly going after Alvin Bragg and the prosecutors. What did you think uh, last night and also after what was a historic day in New York? The whole world was watching New York. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think he laid out the case as to why this is not just selective prosecution, but it is exclusive prosecution to President Trump. If he were not um, the leading Republican candidate at this time, Alvin Bragg would not be doing this. If he were still a real estate developer of New York, Alvin Bragg would not be doing this. In fact, we've seen Alvin Bragg uh, downgrade um, multiple crimes, right, multiple crimes, including just last week a guy with 90 prior arrests. This is a, a career criminal who he downgraded felony robbery charges down to a slap on the wrist misdemeanor, allowing him to walk, um, and, and he has declined over 1,100 criminal cases, felony cases, and yet he's spending time and energy and resources, uh, taxpayer money, on a political witch hunt that has no victims. In fact, he didn't even name the crime that elevated this to a felony. You know, uh, and you hit it on the head. Yeah. He didn't name a crime. That was the most astounding part, John, yesterday when Bragg, it came to the press conference, and it was like, well, what's the crime to elevate it to a felony? You're going to charge a president for the first time in American history, and you can't even ID what the federal crime is or what the elevated crime, John? I think we have elevated this situation to a national uh, discussion. And um, a lot of people, you look, it's going to be a, a civil war of words. 
That's a great way to put it. A civil war of words, and uh, we uh, America has to decide, uh, law and order, is it for all the people or only certain people? And by the way, the real test of law and order and justice, John, I believe, is even if it's somebody who doesn't, you know, you don't like them. I mean, a lot of people in New York, in New York City, we know that they are heavily Democratic and don't necessarily like President Trump, which is why I think it was easy to get an indictment in New York City for Alvin Bragg by the grand jury of 23 people. Um, but, Nicole, to John's point, justice should be blind. Justice should be fair. And if you're going to go after a former president for the first time in American history, you better have an overwhelming case, a lock-solid case, and a serious charge, too. That's the other thing. Yeah, it's interesting to hear the Democrats who supported bail reform and defund the police now screaming, no one is above the law. The problem is, in Alvin Bragg's Manhattan, there's too many people that are above the law, right? Look at all the people that were released from the riots and the the looters from 2020. Look at all the people, as I just mentioned, 1,100-plus cases that were just – he declined to prosecute. All the people that went from felony to misdemeanor cases, uh, they had their charges dropped uh, or reduced – That's roughly half of the felony cases that come to his office. All those people are above the law, the people who are menaces to society and destroying our city. Yet President Trump, for some reason, is beneath the law here, and they're trying to elevate him to something that doesn't even, you know, that the DOJ, the FEC, right, these are Biden's DOJ, Department of Justice, and Federal Election Commission, declined to prosecute. You had his uh, predecessor, Cy Vance, declined. Uh, to prosecute, and you have a highly partisan rogue district attorney who refuses to do his actual job, but now he's using his prosecutorial power to go after a political foe. And, you know, Congresswoman, one of the discussions uh, in the last 24 hours or so, we had Professor Dershowitz on, on 77 WABC, and he was saying there should definitely be a change of venue. And one of the things he said was Staten Island. Uh, do you think that maybe it could get moved to Staten Island? I mean, it would be a more, I guess, uh, balanced voters uh, that would be potentially in the jury pool there. Yeah, well, look, as a representative for, for Staten Island, uh, I have faith in my neighbors uh, being able to do this in a fair and balanced way. And, and if you look at it, uh, it's more balanced and proportional based on uh, voter registration. Uh, this is uh, an area that, that Trump won by slightly. But the point is, is that it's a more balanced county than the county of Manhattan, where 85 percent of the people uh, already are against Trump, right, because he got less than 15 percent of the vote there. And then on top of it, they elected a DA who said he was going to go after Trump. So so they're they're doing he's doing what the people of Manhattan wanted him to clearly do. And it's wrong. And so he can't get a a fair hearing, uh, a fair trial of his peers uh, in that type of setting. Chad Lopez, you have a comment. Let's also talk about the timing of this trial. Right. Right before the uh, Iowa caucuses and the New Hampshire primary, right? So yeah. that, that's so why are they – this is a perfect, perfect storm right now. And your that, point that, is that they're setting up. By the time it would up. get to right. it, like right. they're saying, and the next hearing's in December. But yes. then by the time it gets to it, you're right, it's like right before the major primaries, right. Chad. I mean, right. it, think about the politics of this congresswoman to Chad's point. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's right. And this is this is latest, the latest attempt by the Democrats to undermine our democracy, to interfere with our elections. And remember what they've done so far, what they've attempted to do, but thankfully we were able to stop them. They tried to pack the Supreme Court. They wanted to radically change our election laws. They wanted to end the Senate filibuster. They wanted to let non-citizens to vote. 
to gerrymander districts like mine as well, uh, to tilt the scale and, and take still seats from the people. That That is what they've already attempted to do. And thankfully, we were vigilant and we were able to stop them, a few of those things, actually in court. Um, but now we have this other weaponization of uh, the justice system, which, by the way, is the most serious because it is it is actually creating a constitutional crisis in this country, uh, and, and it is very concerning, and we, we, we have to push back on this, and I believe that my you know, colleagues in Congress will, will be speaking with uh, Bragg in terms of asking the right questions that the American people deserve answers to because he is receiving federal funding. Uh, and quite frankly, he's not doing his actual job with the money well, he's the receiving question, from the federal Nicole, government. the question is going to be, you have uh, 50 states uh, and you have uh, 3,000 counties. Uh, uh, is every, any one of those counties can go, go after any president or any vice president or anybody? Yeah, and that, and that is exactly why this is so dangerous, and it is setting a a precedent now in this country that is uh, something that you see in in other countries, not in the United States of America. And so uh, that is a, a great concern. We cannot allow our justice system to be weaponized like this. Uh, and so that's why that's why we have to make sure that uh, you know this trial is fair. Uh, and I believe, look. Uh, you need a majority to indict. That's why they say you can indict a ham sandwich, but you need unanimous to convict. And so I think that's going to be very difficult based on what was presented yesterday. The one thing that uh, uh, doesn't come up is the fact that he said you, uh, uh, D.A. Bragg said you violated New York election law, but he didn't run for anything in New York. Yeah, I mean, look, it, 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 <laughs> There have been actually, I think, over 3,000 um, incidents of election law violations in New York, and Bragg has not gone after any of those individuals, and neither has the, the State Board of Elections. So it's interesting. It's really interesting to see this, again, selective prosecution, and I would argue exclusive prosecution of a political opponent. Well, Nicole Maliotakis, you are awesome. Thank you so much for joining us this morning uh, here on this special edition of Sit-In Friends uh, two good friends of his, Rita Cosby and John Katsimatidis, and, of course, Chad Lopez, too, as well. Thanks for being with us. Great to be with you guys. It Thanks. takes three of us to replace, replace one Sid? Yeah, it does. I mean, look, you've seen him pumped up. He's, you know, you know, three of us have to, like, protect the studio while he's gone. I don't know. <laughs> he, he walks around here with his shirt off. I mean, all the women go after him. I'm not going to do that, by the way, for the all record. Right. Okay, guys, I'm not going to do that. Chad, right, what about you? That, if you ask Sid, he'd say it takes five people to replace yes, him. Yes, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. And welcome back to this special edition of Sit In Friends, Rita Cosby, with the great John Katsimatidis. What a news day was yesterday and the fallout today, John. Wow. This is the morning after. Yeah, the morning. We Do we need memorial music for uh, New York now? We, I guess so. I mean, what happened to... There it is. That's for justice in New York. Well, that's... It's going to be for New York for justice, for our country for justice... But right now it's for Chicago and uh, the possible death of Chicago. Yeah, how sad. After the election, everybody, uh, even softer on crime, mayor than Lori Lightfoot is now in. 
I, and by the way, John. Keep the kids safe. I don't understand what, they, what, what, what that means. And how could people elect? That's the amazing thing. It went to an election, and they voted somebody to the left of Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, John. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And listen, pray for New York, um, because we are talking about Alvin Bragg. Here's a great example. Uh, the New York Post was reporting, as, of course, Alvin Bragg was juicing up all the charges against President Trump, we now know 34 felony counts for basically not listing something appropriately in a business ledger. Give me a break. Uh, well, Alvin Bragg was spending tons of money going basically light on criminals, spending money basically to revolve the door of justice uh, Rodney Johnson, here's a classic case, 53 years old. He had nearly 90 bus, 90, 90 bus on his rap sheet. Two state prison stints under his belt. And guess what? Alvin Bragg reduces his felony to a misdemeanor. Chad Lopez, this is amazing. This is Alvin Bragg, the DA in New York, who yesterday said, oh boy, my campaign promise is to go after Trump. And he did it yesterday. He's spending Millions upon millions of dollars going after Trump and letting the criminals walk, John. This is a classic case, a guy with 90 busts. I, I tell you, you know, when it comes down to what is Trump guilty of, I think Trump is guilty of hiding a possible affair or just possible rumor of an affair. I mean, I don't know if he did it or didn't do it uh, from his wife and, and his children. And that's why it shouldn't be listed as a campaign issue because there's a million wealthy guys who sign these NDAs, and that is not illegal. What is illegal is that he's trying to create it and saying he did it to hide a campaign issue. That's what Bragg is trying to pump it up to. But it's, it's never been tested before, John. This is a novel legal theory. And to spend the kind of money, Chad Lopez mm-hmm. and I were just talking, yeah. they're estimating it's going to cost $200 million to basically – Go after Trump beginning to end, wherever this goes. $200 million, John. Think about the money that could be used to help people in New York. I understand David Schoen is on the, uh, on the dial. Yep, we got David Schoen now. Of course, you may all know him, of course, from the Trump impeachment proceedings. He was the president there, uh, the attorney guiding the president in that major case. And he joins us now here on the special edition of Sid and Friends. Uh, David, thank you for joining us. What is your reaction, first off, uh, to Bragg yesterday and, and just this juxtaposition that John and I were just talking about that Alvin Bragg was, again, sort of bumping down a felony on this guy with 90 busts to misdemeanor. At the same time, he's creating a misdemeanor and certainly 34 felony counts against Trump. I'll give you two reactions quick. First of all, thanks very much for having me. One is, on the subject of Bragg being soft on crime, right now I represent a young man named Joseph Borgen, who was a Jewish kid, brutally attacked and beaten almost to death in Times Square because he went to celebrate an Israel Day parade. It's all on videotape. Right now, the people involved were charged with hate crimes. However, Bragg has intervened and now offered deals like six months. uh, He offered six months to a guy who said he would do it again if he had a chance. Um, so that, that's another example of how he is uh, with real cases. But in and, and again, case, David, what did he yeah. do? This the, your client again, just so people understand. My client was walking down the street, but he happened to be wearing a yarmulke, showing that he was Jewish. All of a sudden, he was surrounded by a group from Brooklyn, Staten Island, and they beat him almost to death with weapons and otherwise 
all captured on videotape. There's not a question of whether they can make this tape. They have texts from some of them. They have the guy afterwards who, after he was arrested, saying he would do it again. And they're offering essentially six months to that guy. And uh, now they've just arrested another person, but just sweetheart deals. And when he defended in the newspaper, he said, well, you know, they're short on manpower. And, well, you know, we think the guys have learned their lessons. My guy has permanent injuries. There's no lesson for him to learn. What's the lesson? Don't walk down the store, the street showing that you're Jewish. That's an unbelievable. And and at the time, they're, so they're saying we didn't really have enough manpower. We got to reduce on yep. this guy, this violent uh, group of guys who beat up a Jewish guy. I remember this case. Yep. And you're representing the guy who was obviously beat up by this crowd. And Bragg said he doesn't have the resources, basically. So that's why they reduced it from a felt. They're reducing it and giving them sweetheart deals. And meanwhile, they're spending, as we just talked about, maybe $200 million on oh, Trump. 200 is a lot. But well, it's, they're saying it's from millions, beginning to end. They're saying from yeah. beginning to end with security, John, and everything else. Isn't that amazing? Well, so they, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you my other could be reaction. could inflated, but that's idea. what they're saying. Yeah. I'll tell you my other reaction to this idea about, you know, making into a felony and all that. First of all, it's the most convoluted theory I've ever come across in 38 years of practicing criminal law. But secondly, you know, all of the guidelines, the ABA standards on prosecution and so on, say take into account other considerations, fallout from a case and so on. This is not the kind of case you bring against a former president of the United States. It's been passed on by the federal authorities because of credibility issues and otherwise. Um, this isn't a case to bring. But it's even worse than turning a misdemeanor into felony or creating a misdemeanor. We don't even know from the indictment what it is he's supposed to have done. The way this charge runs is under 175.05 of the New York Penal Law, it's a misdemeanor to falsify business records. And then under 175.10, that becomes a felony if they show the person had the intent to falsify business records with the intent to conceal or commit another crime. So that's basically the language they tracked in the indictment, but they don't tell you what that other crime was. They have a statement of facts that the DA drew up that says, well, maybe taxes, maybe campaign contributions and all that. The defendant has to know what he's charged with. There are completely different defenses if he's charged with concealing a tax crime or a campaign crime. Was it a federal crime that maybe Bragg doesn't even have jurisdiction over? All of these things, it's impossible to defend. The Constitution doesn't permit this. It's a violation of the Fifth and Sixth Amendments. And you can say, well, he can file a document asking for more specificity, but he was entitled to know what the grand jury thought he committed. And we have no idea from reading this indictment. Nobody could. Yeah, so how do you defend somebody like that? I mean, you've defended uh, President Trump in the past. Uh, If you were on his team right now, how would you defend this? Well, you file a motion to dismiss on a number of grounds. First of all, statute of limitations, but challenging this indictment. The indictment's deficient. We don't know what the grand jury actually charged. It's a matter of due process. You can't defend against it. Um, And uh, I think you'll file other motions, too. I think you must file a motion immediately to disqualify Bragg and dismiss the indictment based on his office's involvement. Bragg, as you mentioned earlier, ran on a campaign of getting Donald Trump on January 15, 2021, gave a speech in which he said, whoever has this job, is he going to convict Donald Trump? What are you talking about? You can't be a district attorney running for office talking about convicting a citizen who's never even been charged with a crime. That's outrageous. So he's got a clear conflict. He should be disqualified. The indictment should go out for that reason. And then I think you file a motion to recuse the judge also. Um, this judge was assigned to the Trump Organization case, the Bannon case, and now this case. I don't believe in coincidences. By the way, is it true that uh, the judge's daughter works for the uh, uh, Michelle Obama? 
I, you know, I've read several things about this. That she worked for Schiff's campaign. I really don't know anything about that. I think, I think if any of it is true, he's got an obligation to disclose it, and then they can deal with the facts, whether it shows bias or not. You know? Yeah, and, and there was like a tweet that came out also recently um, uh, tied to, I think it was the judge's wife, and then she took it off. I mean, there are all these different allegations out there that certainly are avenues to explore if I were on his defense team, don't you think, David? Absolutely. And the public has a right to know. This is a case of great public interest. Um, we have to make sure the public is aware of every proceeding in this case. You know, this is one court that doesn't even allow electronic filing anymore. So people file paper copies. There was a big problem in the original Trump organization case. The news organizations complained that this judge would keep the file in his chambers. He would have proceedings that they didn't get notice about and all of that. We can't have that. This is a the right. The public has a right to a public trial. The media does. And the defendant has a right to a public trial. So we've got to be very careful here. But it looks like judge shopping to me. And there's a historic practice in this DA's office, the only one in the state that did this. They have a practice in which they would pick a judge to supervise a grand jury and then keep that judge on the case. So they pick whichever judge they think is most favorable. So it was challenged by a group of lawyers and the bar in uh, by the New York City bar in 2002, and they lost that case. But a federal judge has said about it. This really creates the appearance of, imp of, imp of partiality and shouldn't be allowed. And the DA's office promised back then to stop the practice. It looks like that's what's going on again. But in any event, it needs to be explored. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we just have a few seconds left. Uh, David Schoen, a uh, former Trump impeachment attorney. Uh, big picture, uh, where are we headed? Um, we were just talking about sort of the timetable and how this is right up against, you know, it looks like if it goes to trial. And, of course, uh, the current Trump team hopes it doesn't go there. Uh, but it looks like it's going to be in the thick of the primary season. I mean, he's running for president. He's the leading candidate. Yeah, I, like I said, I don't believe in coincidences. <laughs> I think uh, I think that was by design also. But, uh, yeah, I don't know where it's going. I think this motions practice is going to have to really be fleshed out. I don't have a great deal of confidence that this judge would, you know, rule in favor of the defense, but I hope he would if the, if the facts are there and the law is there, and I certainly think they are. All right. Well, David Schoen, we are so grateful to have you here this morning, uh, former Trump attorney there on one of the big impeachment cases. Uh, we love you, David. Thank you for being here. And Thank you, us. David Schoen. I, I have a, a great relationship with your brother, and uh, I enjoy having him on my show all the time. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Thank you, David. And we're going to have a lot more on Sid and Friends. Rita Cosby with the great John Katsimatidis and Chaz Lopez. We are I'm giving him Chaz. See, I'm calling him. That's how close we are. Anyway, a lot more up after the break. <laughs> WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. No matter what you are. And we are continuing on a special Sit in Friends, Rita Cosby, John. And John, we got a blockbuster show. I can't wait. 
to hear what Bill O'Reilly has to say. Bill O'Reilly, he is one interesting guy. I always enjoy talking to him, and he'll be on at 9 o'clock. Yes, he's going to be on at 9.05, everybody. Stay tuned. Uh, Bill O'Reilly was uh, with me last night talking all about, of course, Trump, Mar-a-Lago, and the speech. And Rabbi Bukashnik will be with us right after 8 o'clock, too. You know why? We need a prayer. Yeah, we do. Today's Passover. And we need a prayer for to save the world and save our country. Absolutely. A lot more on deck, everybody. Stay tuned. Sid and Friends continues after the break. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. There's got to be a morning after. The morning after. My God, the morning after. Wow. This is the morning after. After that crazy election in Chicago and all the news in New York. Yeah, there it is. Chicago has died. Yeah, and tell them why, John Katsimatidis. They voted for a mayor that's supposed to be, wants to defund the police in Chicago. Already so many kids are dying in Chicago. And if... This is a travesty. Rabbi Potashnik is with us this morning. Ra- Rabbi Potashnik, would, would you preside over the funeral of Chicago? <laughs> you know, uh, I have to tell you, we, we look here in New York, and it is sad sometimes that people don't learn from the past, uh, that you see cities that have undergone uh, such havoc, um, and yet they continue to make the same mistakes and expect different results, which is the definition of insanity, someone said. Sad, sad. Tell but us, that being said, John, yes. Tell us about Passover. Well, you know, uh, us Gentiles, I'm only 6% Jewish. Uh, us Gentiles don't That's know right. about you did, Passover. You did a test. I can, <laughs> I can change that. See me after the show. So, wait, 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 wait. Let me zip up my pants. Man. You know, oh, you know. Oh, 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 <laughs> so, firstly, I began the celebration. I'm circumcised of already. Okay. I'm, you know, I, we'll we'll I take your word for it. it. All right. I'll take your word. Exactly. Exactly. So, last night, I want you to know I began the observance of Passover with I went to Christides, uh, as I recommend people do. And you have there, seriously, a wonderful selection of Passover foods, uh, not hidden in a corner, but prominently displayed. Uh, and Jews can come in and, you know, select uh, all of the provisions they need. Uh, and it's a nice moment. It's a nice moment. So, and, you know, now that we bought the D'Agostino, they got, they got Passover foods, too. They never used to have them. Yeah, yeah. No, no, listen, John, this is you. 
you know, you're all about you're all about including those who were excluded. You're all about bringing people closer to one another. I mean, look at look at what we have. We got Passover, we got Easter, we got Ramadan. By the end of next week, God is exhausted uh, from all of this. But what Passover is about? Wait, wait. Then we have Greek Easter. Then yeah, right. Then you have the Greek Easter. Correct. So you know the holidays, and I think you could use this for all of the holidays. They're about faith. They're about family. Uh, they're about future. Uh, and you tell a story, and you say, "Look at all that we endured. Look at all the bitterness we we had a taste. Look at all the suffering we experienced. Nevertheless, and the word nevertheless is key. Nevertheless, we're here. Uh, and the enemy is not right. Uh, those who sought to destroy us are not here. Uh, so it's about family sitting together as well. No texting. Uh, you know, no TV, but looking at one another and actually." celebrating the fact that we're we're family, and, of course, our faith. And Cardinal Dolan has spoken on ABC and other programs about the importance of faith. How do we get through these tough times? Because we believe um, in tomorrow. My father and mother were Holocaust survivors, and I said to my dad one day, how did you survive? He said the word tomorrow. We always believe that uh, no matter, nevertheless, tomorrow is going to be a better day. And after the after the bitter herbs, you have the meal. Um you know, Easter, after Good Friday, comes the resurrection. Uh, after the, the fast of Ramadan comes the iftar, the break the fast. So we believe that from bitterness we go to a better day. Rabbi, uh, the rule of law, which uh, Christians and Jews have always uh, opined by, uh, seems to be uh, in jeopardy right now. I uh, uh, I had lunch in a kosher restaurant, the one opposite uh, Sparks uh, the other day for lunch, with one of my Jewish friends. Barnea. Yes, Barnea. great food, by the way. Uh, and and my friend, uh, whose father was in the Holocaust, says to me, I feel like right now, because of what's going on with the rule of law, we are experiencing uh, that I'm in Nazi Germany 1937, and I better not say the wrong word, I get indicted or something. You know, I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but he was serious. Well, what I fear is the rise in hate crimes. Uh, and, you know, we often say it can start with the Jews, but it doesn't stop with the Jews. Uh, and when you look at the various reports, uh, ADL just did an audit, uh, hate crimes are on the rise. They're not on the decrease. And what troubles me, John, is something you're saying, that in spite of all the diversity and all of the inclusion, here we are talking about uh, those who seek to destroy us. And that's a sad commentary on where we are. But, but there are people... You know, I was with Robert Kraft yesterday. You know Robert. Who, uh, the, uh, the football old, guy. The football, yeah, the football guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, the New England Patriots. Yep. And the world has yep, forgiven him for uh, uh, going to the wrong places. Have you Have you forgiven him? I'm from New England. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, so he's forgiven him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I we remember, believe, right, believe, those headlines. We believe, we believe, in, we believe We can arrange a special meeting with Cardinal Dolan and he can get, you know, well, let me say about a special meeting. So he has invested $25 million in the Foundation to Combat Anti-Semitism. You may have seen it. It's a blue, a square blue pin campaign where he's getting people of other faiths, because if we're going to fight anti-Semitism, it's true of any hate crimes. We need the, the others to join with us. Jews alone can't fight anti-Semitism. Uh, you've stood with us. Rita stood with us. Uh, we need people of conscience and conviction to say, you attack them, you attack us. 
So we're, uh, we're New Yorkers. We all stand together. And yeah. let me tell you something. The people that that hate, you know, uh, that hate is we we have to combat them and have to realize that we're all New Yorkers. We're Americans. The United States of America. We 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 are united. And well, you uh, know, the, the person who hates the Jew will hate the Greek will hate the Catholic. It's yeah. It's you, you, you'll take meat. you'll take your turn. Well, yeah, what was that famous thing that Judge Weinberg was uh, was telling us? First they came for my guns, then they came yep. for... Yeah. Right, and, and then there was nobody left at the end of yeah. the day. If, that's why you have to stand up against uh, evil and hate uh, right now. And it, it is so troubling, yeah, they, all these they, increases. They, they hate the Jews, yes. then they hate the Asians, then they hate the... They used to hate the Greeks. That's why a HEPA was formed, because a HEPA was formed to, to fight the Ku Klux Klan. And not too many people know about that. No, that's interesting, the history of it. It is. And and the Blue Square thing, as you talked about, Rabbi Potasnik, that's been coming out there a lot. And I think that's really powerful. It just shows it, that. It is. And, you know, to see Christians uh, standing up with a, with the Blue Square pin and saying, you're not alone. This time, this is, we're not going to go back to, that, uh, you know, the tragic Germany of the 30s and 40s. This is America. And we are not going to be silent because, as, you know, somebody said one of the reasons the Holocaust occurred is because people were silent instead of shouting. Well, this time we're going to shout. Yeah. By uh, the way, so not my dad. You know that. You know that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, the Polish, who Hitler made everybody give back their guns. Yep. Yep. And that's what my father said. The very first sign when the Nazis came in, John, they took away education. They took away guns. They took away all, you know, all these things. And those were the warning signs. And that's why, uh, you know, you got to stand up for everybody's rights. Yeah. And social media is a danger. It's a blessing and a curse because the things that are put on these social media platforms, um, you know, are are extremely uh, corrosive. They destroy the soul. Uh, and, you have people who believe that stuff. So uh, I, I think we got to continue to shout. We do what you do. Uh, and hopefully we're going to see a better day. That's the message of Passover. Today may not be the best, but tomorrow will be better. Rabbi, thank you so much. We're going to have to take a break right now. And, um, uh, you know, God bless uh, America. Right. God bless. And and Passover, where are you, are you, where are you spending with your family tonight? Yeah, I am. I am. I look forward to being with the family. And, John, thank you. Thank you for including me. You know, we do the Reverend the Rabbi every week. Thank you, because without you, uh, we wouldn't have that platform. Well, and Rita, you have a voice out there. I see you at so many gatherings. You're always speaking out for everybody else and your own. Oh, thank and you. And we're, we're, we're going to save a spot for you uh, on the float for the Greek Independence Day Parade right next to Ernie Anastas, who's Grand Marshal, and Phil Christopher, who is uh, uh, the uh, chairman of the parade. And uh, we'll That's have a, a great, great day. parade. That is always um, a great one. Surrounded by the Orthodox. Orthodox. All Orthodox. Orthodox. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Let's take That's a break, right. Rita. Yep, absolutely. And who are we coming back with? And we got Ricky Kleiman, the great legal commentator, to give us her take. Also known legal. as Ricky Bratton. Exactly. That's right. Bill Bratton's, Bratton's wife. wife. That's called a power duo, don't you think? That Very is a blockbuster duo. duo. Stay tuned, everybody. A lot more ahead here on Sid and Friends, Frida Cosby and John Katzmatidis. A lot more after the break.
is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Chicago, Chicago, that toddling town. Chicago. And you are listening to Sid and Friends. Sid is off, of course, uh, the beginning of Passover. I thought the show was called Cats and Cosby. I know. It's called, it should be, right after today. We've had a blockbuster lineup. You never know, you know. You never know. I don't know. Should we tell Sid or not? What do you think, Chad Lopez? What do you think? No, let's let him enjoy his vacation a little bit. That'll All ruin right. his vacation. Then we'll tell him when he's on the flight back, right? Should we tell him on the flight back? By the way, he already knows this. I'm sure he's listening. Oh, oh yeah. I'm waiting for the text. I'm waiting for the messages. We got a blockbuster show here, of course, as we are filling in for Sid, who is off, of course, for some beautiful time with his daughter. What a great way to spend Passover. And we were just talking about the importance of Passover with Rabbi Potasnik. Uh Coming up uh, later on in the show, by the way, we've got Peter King and also Bill O'Reilly. Oh, my God, I can't wait to get his take on what was an unbelievably dramatic day yesterday with President Trump uh, being arraigned in New York. And also former Senator Al D'Amato. Uh, we got a blockbuster. Al D'Amato? <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to be a wild morning, everybody. you got to stay tuned here to 77 WABC. And joining us now is a great legal mind. She is a CBS legal analyst. She's been, I think, one of the great, great legal minds out there for so many years and just an awesome individual. We love her, John. The great Ricky Kleiman joins us now here on Sit and Friends. Uh, Ricky, great to have you here. With This is Rita with John Katsimatidis. Well, I would never pass up an invitation to speak to you and John together. Um, this is the one radio show that I've agreed to do in the middle of all my other work, and that's because of the two of you. And I understand CBS Thank is you. giving you're a CBS analyst, and CBS is giving you special permission to be on with our show anytime you want. That's correct, John. <laughs> Thank you. Ricky, we love you, and we're so grateful, and we're grateful to CBS, too, for having you uh, here with us. I can't think of a more important day. Uh, i got to get your reaction to yesterday and also your assessment of just all these charges. And from your great legal mind, where does it go from here? Well, this is going to be a long haul. <clears throat> yesterday certainly had to have been a sobering reality for Donald Trump, um, and you could tell that by – The expression on his face, not only in the still photographs, but when he uh, came in or out of the courtroom. Um, There may be uh, a lot of bravado, and I can understand uh, why he is saying what he is saying, but it is not a good thing to be arrested. And I've had white-collar clients. I've had people who have been very successful in life and who have felt that they've been wrongly accused. And when you've brought them in to be fingerprinted, uh, to get in a booking number, and to go through the process of arrest, it is indeed uh, a sobering moment. Um, When you look at the case itself, I think that um, uh, certainly all of uh, not only the public that was interested, but certainly those of us who have been following the case and commenting on the case for various networks, We all were waiting to see what the face of the indictment would tell us. And when you look at the face of the indictment, as often happens in New York, it is a bit what we call a bare bones indictment. There are really 34 counts 
of falsifying business records. And outside of having a date um, uh, that a check may have been written or that a, an entry may have been entered in the business records, you really don't have a sense of what the facts are behind it. So in New York, Alvin Bragg is the DA, also filed what's called the Statement of Facts. And the Statement of Facts, which is 13 pages long, goes into uh, graphic detail of what the district attorney says is the basis for their case. And what they outline is um, the allegations of a very comprehensive scheme during the entire time of President Trump's that, uh, excuse me, the entire time when Donald Trump was running for president. So in the allegations, in the facts, it goes from 2015 to 17. Uh, the detail is, um, I think, would be disturbing to a defendant. Um, the real question will be ultimately for a judge. Is a judge going to decide that on the facts, as alleged by the district attorney, does the district attorney have a basis for charging this particular case and making it a felony? And that's going to be the whole case. It's really not ultimately what the jury is going to do with this case, what the defense has to be concerned with and the prosecutor has to be concerned with is when it gets to that time for a judge to say, I'm going to let this case go forward or I'm going to dismiss it. That's the day of reckoning. And, you know, Ricky Kleiman, um, a great uh, CBS legal analyst, give us a sense of the timetable. Um, like typically, again, there's no sort of typical, but what potentially uh, could we could we see? We know that there was a hearing date um, just sort of thrown out there in December. But where, where are we going with all this time wise? Well, what what happened during the hearing now that I've read the transcript, because he was in court for almost an hour, which is. Uh, really kind of unheard of in an arraignment, which usually takes about 10, 15 minutes. But one of the things that was dealt with, amongst many things, was the scheduling issue. And the district attorney's office has an enormous amount of material, what we lawyers call discovery material. And they have to turn over to the defense everything they've got. They've got to turn over grand jury testimony. They have to turn over witness statements that were not before the grand jury. They have to turn over every document, every text message, every everything. So what they have done is they've created a rolling discovery um, uh, obligation over a period of months that the defense will be able to receive and review First, the grand jury testimony, and then it will be followed by this myriad of documents. So this, these dates will really bring us all the way to December. And apparently, it's a very similar schedule to what this judge did with the case of Alan Weisselberg. So that it seems like this is an extraordinarily long time to have a hearing, which someone might have thought, including me, that perhaps we would have had in 45 days, that it's really not going to be until December 4th. Um, and that means that there are issues of motions to dismiss that the defense will file that will then have to be heard, briefed, um, and a decision made before the case can go to trial. Yeah, there's a lot of steps. That's a lot of steps. A lot of steps. Yesterday was like step one, put one foot down, and you can't even get your second foot down yet. Um, because 
we're talking probably about a trial, although the judge had asked for a trial date in January of 24. The defense said they could not be ready until the spring of 24. And frankly, I don't expect this case, if it should go to trial, if it survives a motion to dismiss, I don't expect that we're going to see this case for at least a year and a half. Wow, a year and a half. Ricky, Ricky. I mean, a lot of people are calling this uh, more political stuff than ever. Uh, I mean, when does this political crap uh, end? Well, I think, John, just to give you the other side of it, I think that um, obviously there are people and there are vast numbers of them who feel that this is all political and that this is not a legitimate legal prosecution. However, if you look at the statistics, This office has brought, um, I think it's over 200 counts, something like 30 cases, uh, for precisely these combinations of a falsification of business record misdemeanor coupled with concealment of another crime, which brings it up to a felony. Um, So it's not as unusual as some people would make it seem. So part of it that's unusual is that the felony could be One of the things we don't know could be a federal election violation, could be a state election violation, and could be a tax count. And the only reason we know that is because it came out in the press release and the statement of facts and the press statement that Alvin Bragg made. So I still don't know, and you don't know, as to what is the crime that they are really saying Donald Trump as a defendant, attempted to conceal. It's one of those three categories. So we'll see what happens. Um, I certainly have heard uh, on the airwaves uh, Donald Trump's lawyers, uh, who are uh, very able to speak about why they believe that there is no crime that has been alleged here. And you certainly also know that Michael Cohen, in federal court, um, pled guilty to being part of this scheme. So the real issue for me is, can a state prosecutor tie a falsification of business record misdemeanor to a federal election crime, or does that belong in the federal court? Yeah, that's the big and issue. I guess yeah. uh, we're going to have to wait and see because uh, neither side is going to say we surrender. Right. So uh, this Absolutely. is going to be a fight, uh, a fight to the death. It is. It is going to be well, a along bitter with fight. All the other cases. <laughs> That's uh, right. There's if, a lot of other ones. If any of those investigations come forth <clears throat> with a charge, all of them will be, to use your phrase, a fight to the death. Well, well Ricky Kleeman, thank you so much for coming on, and thank you for your uh, sticking up for for whatever for our laws and law and order and our laws, uh, which is very important to all of us. And we'll, we'll catch up with you again real soon. Okay. It's my pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ricky, thank you very much. We love having Ricky on. And, uh, by the way, also, John, coming up, we have uh, a former Congressman Peter King. I don't call him former. I mean, I He's always so call current. him Congressman Peter King. I do. Uh, uh, and, King's Highway. And then after uh, King's Highway, <laughs> and he promised never to put a toll. On uh, King's Highway. That's why we love him. And yep. And uh, <laughs> right after that, we have Bill O'Reilly. I can't wait to hear his reaction. He was and after on that, fire last Al night. Al D'Amato.
Oh, oh that's going to be fire. This is a blockbuster morning. <laughs> we have a blockbuster morning. Uh, let's take that break right now, and then when we come back, we'll have uh, Congressman Peter King. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. to sit in friends you know john this is such a crazy time in the world and nobody knows it better than the great john katsimatidis the owner and operator of 77 wabc radio uh you believe obviously so much of this all goes to oil and are basically now our dependence well we had we had steve moore on the other day and you know some of the economists are still going on at, at the direction oh it's uh you know, they're spending too much money that's a lot of crap. Nobody cares about spending too much money. I mean, the uh, from Clinton days, 25 years ago, went from $5 trillion to $32 trillion. And it is what it is. But what caused the problem is when oil went from $50, $55 to $120, then the price, then, then the, all the prices went up. Gas up, prices, up, food. And gas prices, Food prices, fertilizer, everything comes from oil. And, you know, uh, President Biden is trying to change the world. Well, guess what? The world is not taking uh, taking that crap. And the Saudis. Uh, that's and the Saudi, Saudis and the Russians have decided they want $85 oil, $100 oil. Well, guess what? The prices of oil is up again this week. And the food prices that are supposed to come down, they're not going to come down. You know why? Because if every, any CEO of any food company is going to say, holy cow, the prices of oil is going up again, I'm not going to lower my food costs. Right, and it's also going to cost them more for transporting stuff, diesel right? Diesel fuel, transportation, running the factories with diesel fuel. So it all comes down to and anybody, oil. And anybody I mean, that thinks they're going to run our country on solar energy, on batteries, and, and on wind, I'll sell them the Brooklyn Bridge at a good price. Yeah, I'm sure, by the way, you would probably give the best price ever. You're the best businessman Absolutely. out there. But, you know, it is outrageous, John. You have been ahead of the curb, John Katsimatidis, on this so much. And, I, and now, finally, by the way, I was looking at the headlines the other day. Somebody else was coming out, and I'm like, they were a month or two after you, John, with that proclamation, putting it all back to oil. We've been ahead of the curve. WABC has been ahead of the curve. We're telling you What's going, what's really going on, uh, in America? What's going on in the world? And we had the, the president of the World Bank on, on Saturday, on Sunday morning on, uh, Cat's Roundtable. That was a great interview with David Malpass. That it, was awesome. You know, I, I told you, uh, Walter Cronkite was one of my, one of my heroes and I'm not giving up until I'm as good as him. Uh, well, you do it. By the way, uh, I think Walter would be very proud. Uh, <laughs> I sure. still have a long way to go. And, and, and speaking of uh, people who have iconic names, uh, we, I understand we have a king on the show here uh, now on Sit and Friends. Rita no Cosby. tolls on King's Highway. I know. That's why we love him. I keep saying that because he doesn't believe in the tolls. Let's bring in the great Congressman Peter King. We don't say former we, because we love you always, Peter King. Well, Rita, thank you very much, and thank you, John, and I join with uh, with you and wish all my Jewish friends are very, very happy Passover, and it's great to spend the morning with you, 
And actually, you get a moment away from Sid. My ears ring when I go on with Sid every Wednesday. So this yeah, we wanted to give you a break. He's by the way, he's texting in, wondering if he's able to come back because John and I are doing such a great job, and Chad Lopez too. What do you think? Sid, Peter? wherever you are, our ratings are higher. <laughs> our ratings are higher. Well, I was going to say there's only one Sid. Thank God. So. so uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it takes two no of us to replace him. Absolutely. I'm the poor Sid. Sid is going to tell the plane, the pilot, can you turn back? He's now on his way to Europe. Somehow he's going to bring it back. Uh, uh, Congressman, we just talked about all these problems going on in the world. I mean, John hit it on the head so beautifully, as you know, he always does, and is spot on about oil prices and how that's affecting everything, our lack of energy independence under this president. Uh, president Trump last night started talking about that, talking about the open borders, talked about the economy in shambles. Um, it, I thought it was really powerful. Did you listen to President Trump's speech last night saying, we can turn this around, but boy, what a mess America's in right now? Yeah, actually, I listened to it this morning. I was at a labor dinner on Long Island last night. It was bipartisan, Republicans, Democrats, labor leaders. But obviously, that's the topic of a conversation. And what happened with President Trump, well, first of all, you know, going back to oil, the first month that I was on the show at WABC is when uh, Joe Biden shut down the pipeline. And I thought this was going to have a, a terrible impact at the uh, uh, gas stations, which it did. But that's almost the least of it. You remember, John, you're the one who pointed out then that's going to affect the entire economy. It's going to be affected by that, by the price of oil going up, uh, gasoline prices going up. The entire economy gets, it gets affected. And that's probably the prime driver of, of inflation. So now that's and what happened. Disaster. By the way, Congressman, what happened two weeks ago, three weeks ago, when we had uh, Senator Sullivan on the show too, is uh, they, they they opening up part of Alaska, two hundred and fifty thousand barrels a day. That's the and, uh, Willow and the Project, price, right? And, and, and the price of oil came down to sixty five dollars. So I announced to everybody that okay. Prices of food, if we could keep it at 65, prices of food are going to come back down again. And then Russia, Saudi Arabia had an old crap moment. And they, they cut 1.6 million barrels a day wow. by, you know, as a surprise over the weekend uh, because they hate the White House. Uh, and uh, guess what? The price of oil is over $80 already. And the prices are what and what Food CEO is going to lower prices at this stage. That is a so dire have, situation, Peter King. So your food prices going up. Uh, how, you know, the Fed is still, still pursuing that policy of high interest rates. Well, if I can get back to one other thing. The John, interest rates, yeah, well, you could have the – but the interest rates killed the real estate market. Right. Killing, it's killing the banking market. And you know what's next? Then what's next is they're not lending to any business people. So what's going to happen right. to the whole economy of the whole country? That's uh, a vicious cycle. But, John, if I can go back to one thing you mentioned earlier in the show, I can't believe what happened in the city of Chicago. I mean, we've been talking about this for several years now at Lightfoot. Then with the Democratic primary when she was knocked out. Uh, by on. the way, that's funeral we music. funeral music. Yeah. For Chicago. For Chicago. I mean, as bad as we say things have gone in New York, nothing is like what's gone on in Chicago. And yet they voted for more of the same, maybe worse even than before. It's, it's really beyond me, really. It's, you almost say that people deserve what they get, but think of all the innocent kids that are going to be killed because of this. Yeah, isn't that astounding, Peter King, uh, that, again, if you're just listening here on Sid and Friends, Rita Cosby and John Katzmatidis filling in, uh, we're talking to uh, the great former congressman, Peter King. Last night, 
Uh, I couldn't believe it. And it was uh, 51 to 49 percent. Somebody who, to the left of Lori Lightfoot, has yeah. now been elected as the new mayor of the Windy but the City. the teachers union gave him an extra million dollars. Yeah, right after, uh, basically, uh, Paul Vallis, the other challenger, was on our show. Uh, suddenly, And the on the same union. show... Was uh, Paul Vallis? Paul Vallis, who's the guy who was supported and by the head of the, the teachers union. Yeah, and then we had Randy Weingarten. That's right, it was on, on the our same show. show. And Randy Weingarten heard the interview. Paul Vallis was saying how much he supports police, wanted to clean up the streets of Chicago, and then the next day, the million teachers dollars. union gives a million bucks. Million to Lopez. One million. Yeah. That is and amazing. Yeah, I, hey, Chad, how you doing? Hey. I mean, to me, even if she gave out ten million dollars, why would anyone vote to? continue to have more crime. I mean, you know, basically people getting killed in your own neighborhood, people getting shot in the streets in front of you, young kids. Because this guy, I understand this guy is involved with the teachers union, and he says, Mm -hmm. he said to all the teachers union and the other unions, vote for me, and guess what? I'll give you double coupons. Wow. Wow. Huge supporter. I mean, big supporter of the union. And he I mean, said defund the police. He also yeah. literally came out and said it, even though Randy Weingarten said he didn't. It's on tape. He said it. Oh, he did. There's no doubt he was anti-cop. There's no doubt that the city of Chicago is falling apart. So I went to school in the Midwest, Chicago. Did what you want about Mayor Daly. It was a well-run city. It was efficient. It was good for business, good for labor. People had jobs. The cops were supported. And now to have this going on, my God, it's just it's horrible. And, you know, we lost San Francisco. We're losing Seattle. We're losing Portland. We're losing Philadelphia. It, it, those cities are going to be vast wastelands. I mean, just like what I happened in D- Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, uh, Chad and I were just talking on the break here, too. Austin, Texas, uh, there's this leader of this anti-police group uh, who wants no prison time. Get this, you guys, for murderers, burglars. Uh, basically says all of these folks should get zero time. Well, guess what? Uh, the city of Austin, Texas, just gave him the key to the city, honoring this guy. So Austin, Texas, uh, I mean, Texas, this is, you know, uh, of course, a fairly red state, uh, but yet they're giving this guy the key to the city, honoring this guy. His name is Chaz Moore, and he's the head of Austin Justice Coalition. Why is this happening around the country, Peter King? I don't know. You know, and John, I'm reading your book and say today is not the world you and I grew up in. I'll tell you that. This is just a, uh, the country is changing so radically right in front of our eyes. And, yeah. you know, you saw what happened in Chicago. Okay, they, they made a big mistake you know, electing Rory Lightfoot. In democracy, we always correct our mistakes. Instead, they made the mistake worse. And uh, even, you know, last year's gubernatorial election, when 70% of people in uh, New York City voted for. Uh, uh, Kathy Hochul in Manhattan. I mean, that was uh, crime is rising, democratic policies. Lee Zeldin is going to stop that. He's going to fire Alvin Bragg. And yet 70 percent of the people in Manhattan voted against Lee Zeldin. So I, I don't know. Maybe people just somehow want to endure more suffering. Yeah, it is astounding that after all that and crime skyrocketing in Chicago. Um, Look, I'm praying for, for uh, Governor Hochul. It looks like she's starting to put her foot down. She's a tough Irish girl. I'm praying for her that she keeps her foot down and and demands the 20 million New Yorkers, the 20 million uh, Americans and New Yorkers want to be safe. Is that too much to ask for? Yeah, where do you see that going, Peter King? Um, because, of course, 
now they're looking at the budget. There's, they got an extension, the uh, April 10th. Where uh, do you right. think she'll be able to hold the line? As John is saying, it's so important for New York. Well, you know, she has to. I mean, basically, she has to do it for the sake of the state. Also for her own uh, reign as governor. Otherwise, she's going to just be a figurehead. It'll be like, uh, you know, like being the Queen of England or, you know, the King of uh, Siam or something. I mean, it's just uh, uh, the fact is that the governor of New York has incredible power. And if you use it, you can get the job done. If you don't, that legislature will run right over you. And it's so far to the left. I mean, that's a veto-proof liberal Democratic uh, Senate and Assembly and uh, she's got to she's got to put her foot down now. She's got to stay tough. She's got to stand tall. Otherwise, it's going to be just three more years, and I don't see how this, the state's going to get over that because it gets tougher every time because these bad policies. More and more Republicans and conservatives leave the state. I mean, you know, Lee Zeldin lost by what three four hundred thousand votes. Almost four hundred thousand New Yorkers left the state the last few years. I think it's safe to say most of them would have voted for Lee Zeldin. And and right now, also, a lot of businesses, they're trying to change so many rules on businesses that they're going to start leaving. And adding congestion pricing, too, John. I mean, think about it. You even talked to uh, Phil Murphy, uh, New Jersey governor. That was a really powerful interview. The New Jersey governor was on my show and says to New Yorkers, Come on over. Yeah, and he even said it's driving people away from New York yes. congestion. He was against and, congestion pricing. And we had pricing. The people from uh, from Florida on. They said, "Come on down." Yeah, remember uh, Petrobras. Well, New York State went from twenty-two million people down to twenty million, and Florida went from twenty up to twenty-two million. Yeah, and also, by the way, uh, talk about the money too, John. Uh, the money per tax money that's coming in. That's they well, have a me, me and Peter talk about it all the time at five o'clock. Uh, the, I'll be on today with you, John. That, well, well I look forward Great. to it. Uh, New York, if you're st- sitting here in New York City like me and you are, the taxes in New York City and New York State are $340 billion for 20 million people. Florida, for 22 million people, is $22 billion. Uh, uh, no, $114 billion. I knew you'd know that, John. I knew $114 billion for 22 million people, New York City, New York State, Three hundred and forty billion for twenty million people. Something doesn't pass the smell test, guys. Isn't that amazing, Peter King? When you see the comparison, no, it, it really is. And you know, these things have consequences. And what John says, you know, business people, uh, you know, leaving New York. Some people say, oh, who cares where business people go? Fact is, they're the ones who create the jobs. They're the ones who who keep the economy going. That's what we absolutely need. And that's like when uh, Mike Bloomberg was the uh, uh, mayor of New York, you had low crime, and you had businesses moving in, businesses expanding, and now we're in the stage where, and I don't blame Eric Adams for this, he had eight years of de Blasio to overcome, but at the, at the state level, Andrew Cuomo, say what you want about him, and I think his last term, he went far to the left, but the reality is for at least the first I eight think he years, regrets it, I think Andrew Cuomo is, is back in the middle. Yeah, I mean, because the first, his first eight years, he basically... It was he was definitely in, 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 in the center, and he would have Republican Senate and a Democratic Assembly, and he would use that to get moderate policies passed in the state. I wouldn't have agreed with all of them, but the fact is they were in moderation, and you didn't have people running out of the state. You didn't have people fleeing the state. He wasn't tying the hands of the cops then. His last couple of years, I guess he was afraid of Cynthia Nixon and everything else. He went to the left, but really until then, 
uh, he was actually doing a decent job as governor. And now, he, again, uh, it's just once once the progressives took over the state legislature and then took over the state as a practical matter, that's when we've really been going down. And uh, you're right, Kathy Hochul, this is really make or break time for it's her. It's make or break time. She's going to be the governor uh, and a strong governor of uh, New York State. Otherwise, the, the state Senate. They'll be the governor. Yeah, I think uh, common sense has to prevail now. This Absolutely. Is, this New is York rare. needs it. Yes. Yeah, well, Chicago died. Chad Lopez is governor. Chad Lopez for governor. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Congressman Peter King, we'll see you at 5 o'clock. We'll see you All later. All our listeners, yeah. whoever wants to hear Peter King, tune in at 5 o'clock with the Katz and Cosby Show. That's right, the King and I, right? Which Or King's Highway. Which one do you prefer? <laughs> what do you think, Peter? Thank you. We love having you on, Congressman. Thank Great. you. Great. Thank you. Thank God save you. the king. Here we yeah. go. Thank you. And uh, at, uh, after, a little bit after 9 o'clock, Bill O'Reilly's calling in, and I, he is one dynamite guy. He is on fire. I talked to him last night uh, right after Trump spoke. You can't wait to hear what he has to say about the Trump case. He has some amazing stuff. And then Al D'Amato, by the way, yeah. he's trying to bump Bill yeah, O'Reilly. Yeah, yeah. yeah Can yeah, you we believe have to tell him you got to wait. you got to yeah, wait. <laughs> yeah, he's, it's competition of who comes on next year. And I hear Roger Stone wants to call in. <laughs> Everybody wants to call in. This is a hot morning here on Sid and Friends. Frida Cosby, John Katz, and Matitis. Sid who, right? Right? <laughs> we'll be back more after the break. Friends in the morning, 77 WABC. A girl went back to Napoli because she missed the scenery. John, I, you the might know the word John Katz in the well, of this. But, but Stephanie's not from Napoli. She's from Sicily. Oh, yeah, we need some Sicilian I mean, well, 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 music. Well, the control book doesn't know what they're doing. That is Lou Ruffino. Uh, we'll give out his home address shortly after this for playing. Uh, oh, wait, it's wait, Sicily, not Napoli. Just a little bit. It's got well, a little sponsor. Yeah. By the way, also coming up, everybody, the great Bill O'Reilly is going to be on minutes. deck here. This is Rita Cosby and John Katsimatidis filling in on Sid and Friends. Uh, but we're playing some good Italian music regardless because we have a lot of huge events coming up a lot on of WABC. And the person in charge is Stephanie? Yeah, buongiorno. 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 I mean, it doesn't get more Italian than that. No more Italian than that. <laughs> I understand you have an Italian father. But yes. you got a Puerto Rican mom. Wait, wait, wait. Can we do a tribute to the mom? Lou Rufino, you got something going on there? <laughs> Let's see. Music? Come on. Let's see what you got. Lou, Lou? Mark Anthony. Here anything? Oh, boy. There you go. There you go. <laughs> What's that? Well, WABC, WABC specializes in bringing our, our audience together. We have so many communities in New York, so many communities in New Jersey, Connecticut, New York, the whole tri-state area. And Stephanie's in charge of helping put it together. And uh, we have some events coming up. Uh, I know uh, April, what's start to tell us? 
You know, there's never a dull moment at WABC. We're always here to honor and serve the communities that really make up New York City and the nation. So I love doing what I do, you know, event planning. And here we are talking about events starting from this month, April, all the way through December. So it's really yeah. exciting. April 28th is the Greek Parade. And uh, Ernie Anastas is the Grand Marshal. And uh, and uh, we're going to be marching up Fifth Avenue. Yes, most definitely. Anybody who's a listener, come out. April 30th, we're going to be in New York City along Fifth Avenue. We have the Greek Independence Day Parade. April 28th is the uh, opening of the Ferry Hawks at, uh, at the stadium in Staten Island. That's going to be a three-day celebration. Mm-hmm. We're really excited about that one. Um, come out to the Staten Island Ferry Hawks um, Stadium. We have a lot to offer. We have a w- WABC talent there as well. So come down, come get some merch, come watch some great May 5th, baseball. Cinco mm-hmm. de Maya. Absolutely. Sponsored by Goya. Yes. We're really excited about that one. Uh, there's definitely going to be some performances uh, in studio, so we have a lot to look forward to for Cinco de Mayo. And I understand what June 1st, uh, we have the Holocaust uh, uh, w- 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 event on uh, the Intrepid. Yes, Auschwitz. Auschwitz event. Yeah, yeah yes. that's going to be powerful. And that's going to be powerful. Mm-hmm. And April 6th, Cardinal Dolan with the Tri-State Italian Coalition. Yes. Uh, and that's uh, going to be in New York City. Mm-hmm. And uh, we look forward to that. And, and let's not forget, there's a big day, big WABC day, September 7th. It's special. We're not saying yet, but you guys got to be listening for I like that. that day. Mm, that's, you know that's, what? That's, that's a day. I think I know that's somebody's maybe birthday. Yeah, it's going to be great for Staten Island. Well, WABC's birthday, too. <laughs> that's yes, right. It, yes, There's a lot of birthdays We that celebrated day. last year. We celebrated WABC's birthday on that day with Cousin Brucey, uh, Joe Piscopo. Uh, Tony Orlando. That was the 100 mm-hmm. year, too. That was years. blockbuster. Everybody so, was well, there. Why not? Maybe we'll celebrate the 101st year. That's yeah, right. I think why so. Right. That sounds great. Stephanie, right. you are awesome. And, and how special is it that WABC does? No other radio station, I think, does these kind of events where we honor the whole community. Absolutely. You know, I've interned at many different um, radio stations across New York City, and no one does what WABC does. They truly care and honor. We're alive. All, they right. died. <laughs> where's sure. the memorial music? Yeah, where's the memorial music to, to our competitors? Where's uh, this? Is, yeah, wait, we need a, a little bit. Here's slow, the funeral. Slow Here's the funeral. This there it is. May our competitors rest in peace. May they. May, May they. they. Thank yeah. you. But Steph, thank you. But Steph, you're on the front lines all the time, right, mm-hmm. with these events and the communities. As John said, the reason we do this is for our communities. They come out and what do they tell you all the time? Like how great. They absolutely love the station. They love the commitment to these communities, and they love how John, Chad, Emily, and Margot all come together to really pull through and get the word out about what's happening within those communities. And we also invite those community leaders and organizations to come down, enjoy Studio 77, and speak about what's important for us, whether it's roundtable discussions, viewing the performances, or coming on and sharing on-air um, interviews, you know? Yeah. It really is passion. Yes. So I, I honor John and Margo for that. Well, thank and you, Stephanie, yes. and we'll talk again soon. Yes. And uh, we'll keep our audience informed what's going on, so many events coming up, and we're good times to come. Yes. And I understand the Columbus uh, uh, we, we always do the Columbus, yeah, Columbus Day Parade. Uh, Day yes. Parade. That's, that's a big one for and us. And San Gennaro Feast. And San Gennaro Feast. And what, about, <laughs> what about Polish Independence Day? What about that? That's Hang coming on. up. So that's right. coming up. <laughs> Bill O'Reilly, is he on yet? Yeah, we got uh, Bill O'Reilly. Well, thank Stephanie, you, Stephanie, thank you. Thank you, guys. You are awesome. <laughs> Stephanie Bongiorno, we love you here uh, at WABC. You. Thank you. And now let's go to the big 
and great best-selling author, mega best-selling author, 19 million books out there. It's got almost another big 20. book. Yeah, almost 20. He's got a new big one coming up. And Bill O'Reilly, we love you. Bill, you were with us last night, of course. Uh, I was so honored to join you on your great show, Common Sense, last night, which we have every night on WABC, 9 to 10 p.m. Uh, what is your assessment now today, looking at the situation? Of course, everybody's talking about Trump and Bragg. Well, first of all, I hope Casa Matisse is paying you overtime, Rita. <laughs> Thank you. I am, I mean, I am working 24-7. It's <laughs> not about money. It's about making the difference in the world, uh, Bill O'Reilly. Okay, it's not about money, John. Great. Put that in your book. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, Bill, will you be my agent next time and negotiate Absolutely. for me? Absolutely. I'll go in there with a wrecking ball. Thank um, you. <laughs> Rita, Rita needs to be uh, complimented because... It's hard to keep an energy level up. Um, she does uh, the show with John at 5, and then she does two hours or three hours last night, right? Yeah, three, three hours. hours. Three hours and one blockbuster hour with you. she's up at 6 o'clock on WABC this morning. Come on. Well, you know what? A lot to talk about, Bill. And, and well, you, right. you hit it out um, of the park last night. Yeah, I don't want to be repetitive, so let's try to advance the story right now on uh, the Sid show. And Sid, by the way, I understand is uh, – Dining with Tom Jones and Wales today. They're both going to be doing. Uh, it's not unusual. Are they throwing out underwear to women yeah, in the crowd yeah, like what Tom did. Jones used to do? <laughs> She's throwing out bagels. Um, you can't get those in Wales. Anyway, look, uh, Bragg uh, came off. Um, you know, I'm sorry. I don't want to be disrespectful, but um, Alvin sounded more like one of the chipmunks than a tough law enforcement guy <laughs> yesterday. It was not a good day for New York City law enforcement. And this was the key. So he's up there going, this is serious criminal conduct. That's a quote, serious criminal conduct. All right, and we're not going to stand for it here in New York. We're, we're tough guys, and we're going to drive these people into prison when they have serious criminal conduct. Um, and by the way, the uh, next hearing will be de- December 4th. <laughs> I'm going, whoa, hold it. Serious criminal conduct. December 4th is the next hearing. So this is obviously um, a setup to damage not only Donald Trump, but the Republican Party for the next presidential election. That's what this is. It's a setup. And there are a lot of people involved in the setup. It's not just Bragg. Okay, so it's there's an architect to this. I don't know who that is, but I know that there is a liaison in Bragg's office right now, a link to the Biden White House. And that man's name is Matt Colangelo. And I did not know about him um, until uh, the name started to float. I had my crack staff at BillOReilly.com investigate. And uh, this Colangelo, uh, he was a big shot with Barack Obama, and uh, he's 48 years old, Harvard Law, and he's working uh, for the New York uh, State Attorney General's office before this. Now he's with Bragg. And this is a link to the Biden White House. He's the guy that's reporting to Biden and the Biden people. I don't know if he can report to Biden himself. He's somnambulant most of the time. Um, (laughs) So anyway... This thing, I think that WABC listeners should step back and see the big picture here. Um, Criminal intent. 
That is a key. And Bragg is not going to be able to prove criminal intent. He might be able to prove falsifying business records if you believe Michael Cohen. And, of course, he's, he went to prison. All right? But criminal intent? Remember, this whole thing started in 2006. And two weeks before the presidential election of 16, Stormy Daniels shows up with a lawyer demanding money. If she didn't have the lawyer, who's now in prison, Avenatti, she could have been charged with extortion. So what happened between 2006 and 16, and all of a sudden this woman, there she is, and it was another woman who went through the National Enquirer wanted money because of the run-up to the 16 election. So if you're Trump and you're looking at this, it doesn't matter whether he did or didn't do it, okay? It matters that these people are pounding on your door for money, and if you don't give them money— they're going to blow up your campaign. That's what happened. And these are the people that Alvin Bragg are protecting? This is the big criminal thing? And, and, and so many people, so many large corporations gave monies to some of those Black Lives organizations. There's so many Black Lives organizations uh, that took money and wasted it. Uh, and uh, I forget which was it. Ford was one of them. Yeah, Ford was one. I think Coca Cola. And by the way, it turned out Black Lives Matter. Remember the woman bought a big mansion. Oh, uh, she's a being scam. Under- Everybody oh. knows it's yeah. a scam. Yeah. But let's get back to Bragg for a minute because this is a guy who has a lot of power over our lives in New York. And we've already seen the devastation of 16 months, bodies piling up in the street. Because he will not prosecute violent criminals. He lets them back out and they commit more violent crimes. That's not in dispute. There aren't two sides to that story. That's happening. So here he is in the press conference going, hey, we can't have this kind of uh, serious crime here. And then I'm saying to myself, falsifying business records in an attempt to do what? And Bragg says, well, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. But it's, it's in support of another crime. And a reporter goes, what crime? And Brad goes, I don't have to tell you. Oh Are you God. kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yeah, that was, how is he going to defend himself if he doesn't know what the other crime? By the way, we have. It's, it's, it's so absurd. But if it were some kind of a New York state election law beef, which is, that's what Bragg implied, to a, George Santos is walking around. He's got 50 of them. He's got 50 of them. He ran for Congress in my district on Long Island, and he didn't tell the truth about anything. He falsified everything. And he's walking around. So this is a selective prosecution, which is supposed to be against our Constitution. Equal justice for all. Well, what's George Santos doing? If, he, if Trump somehow violated some kind of New York election law, Santos didn't? It's so absurd when you put all the pieces together, and you can't do that in the press because the press are just lemmings. They just repeat the same thing over and over. Well, no one's above the law. 
Uh, yeah, we had 17,000 arrests in the George Floyd riots, and two people went to prison. I'd say there are some people above the law and that, right? It's just, it drives me crazy because I'm sitting here running an independent news operation. I'm lucky enough to have WABC sign on and, and run me. But I'm seeing this unbelievable stupidity and corruption in the corporate media, so the American people can't even get basic information. I'll submit to you that what I just said to you in the last three minutes, most WABC listeners did not know. Wow, well, that is really powerful. Bill O'Reilly, also Judge Richard Weinberg joined us in studio here. Uh, Judge, you got a question? I I have a point. Attorney General Barr, who's no great personal fan of President Trump, has specifically said there's no intent. What's the crime? This is a defective investigation, defective prosecution. On its face, this indictment should be dismissed because there's no linkage to a felony. And you can't have that open-ended, well, I'll tell you later. So they should be moving down the road to dismiss this indictment. And a good judge will dismiss it. They're 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 going to file that fairly soon, but I don't have a lot of confidence in the New York State uh, justice system. I mean, I just don't. And once they Trump lawyers exhaust their appeals in New York State, it'll go into the federal system, and that's where it'll probably get booted. Yeah, so that's a long ways down the road. I mean, I, we were just talking, you know, Bill. Give us the timetable for all our WABC listeners, uh, Bill O'Reilly, because. This is coming up right into the big campaign season, into the sure, primaries. That's the plan. Yep. That's the plan. The plan is to damage Trump for the general election by lodging charge after charge after charge. Okay? That's the overall plan. The Democrats who um, came up with this plan understand that Trump will win the primaries now, probably. And DeSantis is, you've got to be going crazy down there in Florida. But Trump will probably win because Republicans, conservatives are so angry about this trumped-up case, pardon the pun, that they'll vote for Trump out of sympathy, even if they don't like him. Mitt Romney was screaming yesterday how ridiculous this is. Now, it's not that Mitt Romney's so noble. He's not. But he knows where the bandwagon is in the Republican Party. So they're going to coalesce around Trump, which makes it more likely that he'll win the primaries and the nomination. But the Democrats believe he can't defeat whoever they throw up. I still say Biden's not going to run again because people don't understand how fast he's going downhill. That's kept from the public. So uh, Donald Trump wins the Republican primary, but to Get to 51% and get the independents to vote for him. That's harder. Yeah, look at what happened in Chicago. You guys are talking about it. So it's not a slam dunk anymore that people are going to vote in their own best interests. The people in Chicago are not voting in their own best interests. More people will be dead in Chicago because this guy is anti-police. Yes, the kids, the kids, so the black and brown. Their own, and that the same thing could very well happen. Trump versus uh, a Democrat to be named later. I mean, if it's Biden, it's absurd. 
It's absurd. Because he's done such a terrible job. Um, And you would vote for him again because you hate Trump, while Trump did a fairly good job while he was president. Is it? But this is what's happening now in this country. That's a Democratic strategy for 2024. Uh, get uh, Trump to primary. That way, uh, uh, he can't, it's harder for a Republican get, to get 51 percent of the vote. Yeah. Get Trump in and then we'll beat him because people hate Trump. And he's not going to get independents to vote for him. That's the strategy. Yep. And throw everything at him in the By kitchen By the way, Margo, <laughs> Margo just came into the studio. Margo, welcome to the studio. Uh, thank you. Hi, Bill. How are you? Okay, Margo. I'm the same, which is tragic for everybody. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bill's always honest. <laughs> always. Well, Bill O'Reilly, we are so grateful that you're here on the show with us with your incredible perspective uh, and uh, thank you for being on with us last night, too, with all the stuff. And Bill, but by the way, before we go, you, you threw out a number. I want you to throw it out uh, again. How much you think this is going to cost President Trump, too? Because you were saying it's going to cost him tens of millions of dollars. You yeah, believe, about $50 right? million dollars to defend himself. Um, but that money that he's getting now in donations to the Trump reelection campaign, he can use that to pay his attorneys. But wow. if he had, was a regular citizen... Um, and didn't have that money coming in, then it probably, if you have to defend yourself against four separate actions, um, it's $50 million. And, you and know, nobody can afford it. And you know what happens? That. You know what happens? Nobody can afford to pay that kind of money to defend themselves. So they plead down the case, and they end up, because then they threaten that they're going to put your son in jail, your daughter in jail. General Flynn. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking Alan, Alan Weiss. And, and they have to surrender. You have to surrender and plead as something, and uh, that's not justice. That's not what the United States of America is supposed to do. Our justice system is gone right now. Um, You know, our attorney general, Letitia James, campaigned on, I'm going to get this guy, Trump. I'm getting him. Okay, well, wait a minute. Hold it. Uh, That's not what you do. Um, When you're a law enforcement official, you're supposed to be there and impartial looking at the evidence, not swearing to people that you're going to get somebody. That's an abuse of power. Well, Bill O'Reilly, thank you for coming on, and uh, thank you for everything you do for America. And and we pray we all have to work hard to make sure America survives the way we know it. 1,000%. Justice has to be fair. Uh, Bill, we love you. Thank you for being here. Okay, guys. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye-bye. And guess who we have on coming on deck? He wanted to come on before Bill O'Reilly, <laughs> right. as you know. Al D'Amato, who is going to be on fire. He is coming up next, John, as we have an action-packed morning here. Rita Cosby and the great John Katsimatidis filling in on Sid and Friends. A lot more ahead, everybody. Don't touch that dial. Woo! Doctor, my eyes have seen the Is sit in friends in the morning. Seventy-seven WABC. And we 
are dancing this morning on Sin no and Friends. No dancing in the aisles. No dancing in the aisles. Did you tell Chad and Margo and Judge Weinberg because they're enjoying the music this morning? We got a full house There's here. A lot yeah, of energy in this room this morning. I'm, I have a death march going on for Chicago. Yeah, wait, why don't we play a little bit of the death march because... Oh, you're taking me up and down this morning. It, it's a roller coaster. That's what it's called, Chad Lopez. That's what it's called. Now, let's ask uh, Senator D'Amato if he's going to the funeral. Yeah, exa- for Chicago, right? Or is that for justice in New York? I'm not well, sure which one. Both, both, both. <laughs> Joining us now is the great, the greatest, I think, senator ever, don't you think, John? The greatest John? senator New York has ever had. Absolutely. Former New York Senator Al D'Amato. Senator, we love you. This is Rita and John Katsimatidis filling in on Sit-In Friends. And he could win again if he ran against Gilderbrand. By the way, he would run against anything. You have our vote, don't you think, Senator? <laughs> I ain't running. <laughs> oh, forget it. We're gonna we're gonna recruit you. <laughs> Here's my grammar, but there is no way the uh, Congress of the United States is in turmoil because you have uh, Republicans and Democrats working against each other instead of working for the country. For God's sakes, the greatest supporter I had was a Democrat. A Democrat from the state of New York by the name of Pat Moynihan. Now, that was a great senator. Great, great he guy. joined with me. He joined with me in issue after issue after issue when it came to fighting for our nation and fighting for our state. And that, that kind of cooperation is gone today. Uh, uh, the, the, the senators from Connecticut would join with me. In uh, fighting for transportation needs, etc. Instead, not all we do, we, we just attack each other. Uh, um, and, and what's taking place in this country is a divisiveness which is only helping China and Russia. This is stupidity. And what's going on with this business? Listen, <clears throat> do I support Trump on everything he says and does? No. His ego is too damn big. His his nonsense with January 6th was nonsense. You lost the god darn election because of stupidity on your part and your campaign's part. And and your and your legal counsel there, Mr. Giuliani, going over to the Ukraine and creating a situation where they could turn it around on you. Incredible. Now, let me ask you, Senator, though, what do you you make of the charges yesterday? What do you make of the whole arraignment yesterday? It's a sin against America. And it is a a great blow uh, against us. And and it just helps China and Russia. And we look weak. And our allies are uh, are scratching their heads. Our allies are leaving us. Alvin Bragg to do what? To indict the president and and his predecessor, a, a nationally known Democrat, a great respected district attorney, Cyrus Vance, who prosecuted criminals, etc., real criminals that, that that dragged down our cities, and he refuses to prosecute Cy Vance and this jackass who runs a campaign saying, I'm going to get Trump, does it on these phony charges. And, and who is his lead witness? A guy convicted of what? Of lying 
et cetera, a felon, this guy Cohn, that's his, his star witness, incredible. And, and, and what does he say? Oh, you know, he's violated 34 times. They, they made notations, et cetera. Be, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. What are you doing to this country? Yeah, Judge you Weinberg, are- you got a question. Go ahead. A point. Senator, I read the, the indictment, the 16-page indictment, the 34 counts. You know, it's the same old, same old, same old, the 34. Every time they made a book entry on the records of the Trump organization, that's a separate count in the indictment. It's one single transaction, occurrence, and event. This is a defective indictment. It's duplicative. It's a plusage. It's just a gimmick to weigh on public opinion. This indictment should be dismissed. Well, and Cy Vance had all of this information. It's all this BS that he comes up with. Oh, we didn't have this before. It's nonsense. It's total nonsense. And I think you would agree with me, Judge, that Vance was a respected district attorney, a Democrat, whose office looked at this and decided we're not going forward. There's nothing here. Senator, you're right. You're right. Not only did Vance do it, but Bragg himself the first time rejected it, and the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York rejected it, and the Federal Election Commission said there was no violation. And anyone familiar with uh, Senator Edwards' case, where there was a stronger case because he actually used campaign money rather than his own money, that case, too, is lost. So what is this about? As you point out, Senator, it's totally divisive, it's bad for the country, and China and Russia are eating our lunch while we're fighting amongst ourselves. It, it is horrible, horrible, and, and, and we have only weakened the United States internationally as well as here in this country. What do you think other countries are thinking about the United States? I mean, it's incredible. Now, I must say this. As much as uh, and, and the, the one person who could really hurt himself is Trump. Now, he was Excellent last night. Excellent. But the nonsense when he was pictured with the baseball bat next to Bragg, that's got to stop. And, 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 and he should shut his mouth and just say, hey, listen, I care about this country. I care about the security of our people. I care about stopping China getting and Mexico from sending fentanyl into our country and killing our kids. Stay on the issues, for God's sakes. Don't go after this guy with a baseball bat and don't, you know, and, and but talk about the issues important to this country and just say this is nothing but a political attack. And we'll demonstrate it that should never have been done and a waste of millions of dollars of New York's taxpayers money. Costing millions of dollars to bring this thing. That, by the way, Senator uh, Al D'Amato, who is here with us on a special edition of Sid and Friends, uh, Rita Cosby and John Katsimatidis in a great full house here, too. Um, You know, we were talking about that, Chad Lopez, the cost that it is taking to New York City, to taxpayers. It is outrageous. Alvin Bragg is reducing felonies to misdemeanors Mm -hmm. 52% of the time. Mm -hmm. And yet... With Donald Trump, he is spending so much money going after what most people would say is is even a minor misdemeanor at best. Judge, I mean, this what what a waste of tax dollars. And why not focus on real criminals? We just yeah, talked so about they, the guy who had ninety bus, ninety uh, bus, and they, and I uh, got out on bail on a dollar, on one dollar bail, one dollar. 
This happened last week. Mm-hmm. This is while he's working on Trump, still and, focused and, on and Trump, you know Trump, what Trump. happens that nobody talks about? If somebody is, like, if he has possession of a gun in one-year yeah. minimum sentence, mm-hmm. if, he, if they let him go on bail, you think he ever comes back? Never. They never, never. come back. Right, and yet he's Trump, Trump, Trump. Nobody keeps that statistic, but I heard the number. 94% of people that are let go on bail that are supposed to go back and face a a sentence of going to jail, 94% never come back. Wow. And why would they, based on the system now? Why would they? Why? What do you think they're doing when they're out? They're committing more crimes. More and more crimes. Well, that's the and, Senator. That's exactly right. And the fact of the matter is, the state legislature refuses to change all these so-called reforms, which makes New York City and more New York State more dangerous. Alvin Bragg should join D.A. Suarez and Tierney and uh, and McMahon fighting D.A.s who are trying to protect the public, and Ann Donnelly on the island as well. They should go up to Albany and say, you have to change this law. That's where he should be spending his time fighting for changes in the law, which is destroying the city and the state. Not spending the, what did they say, Reed? It's it's an estimated $200 million. $200 million, they think, to bring these charges from beginning to end. On the Trump a, case, that's, that's outrageous. Bit, I think that's a bit too much. I, I don't and, think it's two hundred. And it may be an inflated number. It's, that's a, it's an inflated yeah. number. Yeah. You know, listen. Regardless, WABC, we tell the truth. Whatever yeah. the truth is, the truth is. Two hundred million sounds like a uh, yeah. And who knows how? Drug. And by the way, it's an S. Who knows a, a where where moment. they're getting that number from? Well, we're gonna take a break in a minute, and uh, uh, we got Roger Stone. You got a minute? What else you want to say? Tell the people the way you really feel. Look at. Just take a look at the number of police that they've used uh, to for so-called crowd control, riot control. We spent millions of dollars. We are spending already. We have spent not not to mention the investigative investigators and the time that was spent on this when it should have been spent going after the real criminals who they're letting loose on the streets. So it's an outrage. And it has really hurt America. It has hurt our prestige throughout the world. What do you think our allies are thinking and saying? And I'll tell you this, the Russians and the Chinese, they love what's going on. They're laughing at us. Saudi Arabia is laughing at us. We lost Brazil. Japan told us to go take a hike. Uh, They're going to pay for anything you want on oil. Really yeah. sad sign of the times. Well, yeah. Senator Aldamato, we love you. We appreciate you being here on the special edition. Rita Cosby with the great John Katsimatidis, Judge Weinberg, Margo Katsimatidis, and also Chad yeah. Lopez. Thank you, Senator. Thank let's you for take, your insight. Let's take that break. And when we come back, we got Roger Stone. Roger Stone is on. And if you think Alphonse D'Amato is mad, <laughs> Roger Stone is madder. <laughs> I can call you Betty, and Betty, when you call me. Friends in the morning, 77 WABC. Wow, John, what a news morning this has been. Rita Cosby and the great John Katz and the team. We have here. record people listening because they want to know what the heck is going on. And I understand we have Roger Stone, and he was with the president last night. Uh, Roger, what the heck is going on? I mean, this is crazy what's going on. 
Well, John, I'm a little weary because uh, I left the president's table at about 12.30 a.m. Uh, I, I have the pictures. Sergio already sent me the pictures. Yeah, that we have proof. <laughs> uh, it, it was a great night. I must tell you, the president is was in a very upbeat, optimistic. I mean, look, is he uh, is he not happy about uh, this political witch hunt in New York City? Absolutely. But this reporters keep trying to tell me, well, you're talking to him, right? He's He's furious. He's hysterical. He's unhinged. No, that's none of that's true. He was in a great mood last night. Uh, and what was really interesting is the energy last night was so completely different than the energy of his announcement just a few months ago. I mean, I, I thought the announcement was fine, but it was, you know, overall, it was a little flat. People saw the, the uphill climb. Last night was electric. I mean, the, uh, the crowd was energized. He was energized. Uh, his entire America First movement has gotten an enormous shot in the arm. Uh, it, was, it was really a historic evening. I was honored to be there. And, you know, Roger, I heard um, some numbers uh, that he has raised $10 million since the indictment came down. People are galvanizing. And, and some of them, it's like a quarter of them are first-time donors. That is huge. Yeah, it's really a shame that they decided not to go with a mugshot because they could have put that on the side of a coffee cup and it would have been 12 million by now. It would have been I mean, 20 it, million <laughs> with that kind of a mugshot. Uh, you know, he was just, he was in an amazingly uh, good mood. I mean, look, until you have been, you know, in that crossfire, and I have, uh, unless you've been in the, in the eye of that storm, you really cannot appreciate how it feels. But I also think there was, in a weird way, some sense of relief because the charges now can actually be seen. Prior to this, we were being forced to react to leaks. So uh, it's just beyond belief to me that Mike Isikoff, the exact same reporter who the FBI gave the Steele dossier to and whose story, written story, the DOJ then used to, to justify the totally phony FISA warrants, to spy on Donald Trump's campaign, that's the same reporter that they chose to leak the 34-count uh, indictment to. And by the, by the way, Roger, the you, playbook. And Roger, you know that that is a felony. Um, and that's actually a bigger felony than what President Trump is charged with. And they're never going to go after the leaker of that information, Judge. It's, Roger, it's absolutely horrifying that you had the leaks from the grand jury. That's a felony under New York law. Where's the investigation of that? How do they know it was 34 counts? How do they know the substance of the of the charges? All of that should be kept confidential and secret, and there needs to be an investigation of that leak. It is outrageous. Where is justice in America? Where is justice, Roger? Well, we both know that, that nobody in Alvin Bragg's office will be prosecuted for that. Uh, and the journalist who accepted it, he's, he's also party to the Class E felony, but he won't be prosecuted either because the only journalist we prosecute is Julian Assange. Uh, and the reason they prosecute him is because he publishes information embarrassing to the people who lead this country. Uh, it is uh, it's a sad, very sad state of affairs. It, it's outrageous. For two days, we were forced to talk about a document we hadn't even read. We couldn't even see. Uh, and Donald Trump gets no formal notification from Alvin Bragg uh, about the he, he, his lawyer's saw the 
the actual indictment after everybody. Right. And by the way, you know, don't you think this is something, uh, I mean, everybody, Republicans, Democrats, Americans really need to come together and say equal justice for everybody. Nobody's, of course, above the law, but nobody should be below the law. Uh, It just seems extraordinary to me today, yet, given everything we know, that Donald Trump is being prosecuted but Hunter Biden is not being prosecuted. I'm sorry. I just don't understand that. It, it is. Uh, this is not good for our country. This tit for tat thing, if it even begins. Uh, so hold on. Hold on, Roger. Is somebody calling in on. What is he saying? I'm as mad as hell. and I'm not going to take this anymore. <laughs> All right. Go on, Roger. <laughs> I think that's how most Americans feel today. <laughs> Roger. Uh, uh, I, I really think that's true. I mean, look, what happens if tomorrow. A bunch of Republican county prosecutors go out and start looking for crimes that they can prosecute the Bidens for or the Clintons for. This is not good for our country. Uh, we have we're facing so many problems, but uh, this is, I think, uh, a naked recognition that the two-party duopoly and the establishment in Washington, our national security apparatus, the intelligence. These people fear Donald Trump because he's a change agent because he will change the current trajectory of the country. Uh, and uh, he's targeted now simply because he's drawn a line in the sand. And justice needs to be fair for everybody, 1,000%. And I want Bragg focused on the real criminals out there. I mean, there's a lot of them in New York. Well, we're coming to the end of our show. Roger, thank you for coming on. Keep keep seeking the truth. And me, Rita, and uh, Judge Weinberg will be there at 5 o'clock today. Uh, yeah. What Pass an action that morning. John, yeah. I love it. And Marco, you're welcome to join us. And Chad. That was a fun show.